Is that it? We're on already? Hey, hey, it's me, RSB. You guys want to rock the health world today? It's Monday, the 19th of February, El Presidente Day, apparently. When were we supposed to worship presidents? Stop that. No, uh, not here. We're on. We're live. We're happening. We got scheduled uh, hour one. Uh, let's see. Uh, Dr. Greg Hammer talking about gain without pain. Yeah, you know, and this isn't really isn't, I don't think it's a pain management thing, even though I think he has anesthesiology background, but how to be happy, the happiness handbook for healthcare professionals. That'll be a good topic. Hopefully he shows. And then Riley Gaines. You know what? If I would have known all I had to do was to say today, man, I feel like a woman. <laughs> you remember that? Uh, and then I, I could have won NCAAs in division three, at least. Uh, we'll get to Riley Gaines in an hour or two. That'll be cool. Uh, spring allergies, food is medicine. What's going on in France? The tyranny there. Is it another Bastille Day happening based on the uh, the French shot? We'll get to that and a whole lot more on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Hour two, simulcasting with Brideon.tv as well. Thanks for being here. Let's get this healing party started right about now. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Robert Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. Here's Robert Scott Bell. Oh, hi. Hey, welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Monday edition, kicking in the uh, the new week, a uh, so, uh, day into it. Yesterday, we played the uh, Judy Mikovits interview from the Autism Health Summit, if you missed that, an hour of intensity. Uh, this is why the Sunday conversations are so amazing. You never know when they happen, yeah, I know they happen on Sunday officially, but if you're a patron supporter of the Robert Scott Bell Show, you get them earlier. You get to see what's going on before it happens. It's like a time machine, our Patreon group. By the way, uh, coming up this Saturday, the 24th of February, is the next Zoom AMA for all of you patrons, and you could be that too. We love to meet a couple hours, questions, answers, stuff I can't do on the air. We get to do there on zoom seeing one another so that's coming up uh we got riley Gaines scheduled for hour two and i get, get to talk swimming with her and realizing that um i would have made you know not only the ncaa finals i probably would have won the ncaa's back when i was a competitive swimmer in collegiate level had i just said man i feel like a woman so we'll get to that in hour two uh we're scheduled to get dr greg uh hammer uh he says a uh, super don i got a text from him just now this medical doctor saying uh, he's waiting for the uh, the link. I don't know how or why that is, but if you've got his six five one six six one number, I responded back to him. Oh, you uh, did okay with the link. So hopefully, gotcha. Yeah, uh, nothing like a last minute link. He'll click on it. Yeah, sometimes these things happen. The email yeah. that I had was for his promotion person or something instead of him. So, gotcha. We'll figure it out. Yeah, no worries. Well, let me uh, dive headlong into the uh, first story today, and this is out of France. And I, you know, I, I was talking about going, of course, to Switzerland, uh, one of my favorite countries in the world. I've, I've spent, you know, summers there, not whole summers, but, you know, as a, as a Ute, you know, when you're back in your youthful days, 
yeah, in my early, from my teens and my twenties, I would go to Europe in the summer on student fairs, you know, and then I'd URL around and stay with people that I had befriended. I mean, I, it was amazing. And in, in Switzerland, we had campouts, cool stuff happened in there. Uh, there's a health freedom, uh, medical freedom event in Geneva, Switzerland, like the end of May, early June. We'll get that up in the upcoming events tab. If you haven't seen it yet, we'll get it there. And by the way, the, the website is new. You guys check it out. Let us know what you think. If you got in, insight, feedback, where you know we can maneuver little things, tweak little things. But for the most part, it should be a lot easier to navigate the Robert Scott Bell Show website at robertscottbell.com. Now, one of my buddies is in France, a good friend who used to live in Paris. Now he's a couple hours outside of Geneva. So I'll hopefully get to see him on my next trip there for the Health Freedom event right outside, I think, the World Economic Forum headquarters. We don't mind sticking our thumb in their eye. I mean, they deserve it too. Just like the government of France owned by, I guess, Pfizer. I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, reports are coming out. This really happened. France's Pfizer amendment could turn mRNA critics into criminals. Think about this. They basically said in this, I, I, I suppose this is one of their like uh, post 9-11 type save the homeland kind of bogus laws. Right. When we talk about dissent, we got to we got to hold off on that dissent because it could be radicalized. We could get, you know, French terrorists up in in our homes or something. And, and then they're going to tie into that like larger bill, a little designation that says if you speak out in France and you happen to dissuade somebody or someone is dissuaded from getting a prophylactic measure, even if that prophylactic measure doesn't work and can kill them a.k.a. mRNA injections, you could be imprisoned and fined. I think the fine was like 45,000 euros. I don't know what the ratio, uh, you know, of euros to dollars, but it's, you know, it could be around 50 grand, three years, up to three years in prison. And it's, a, it, you know, it's this draft law aimed at strengthening the fight against sectarian excesses. Again, you know, we, we don't like that you're saying stuff that, Kind of like the disinformation, misinformation nonsense that we hear about, despite the fact that the the bulk of the misinformation and disinformation and even malinformation is coming from our own government, FDA, CDC, and then parroted in press releases or in the daily news or the 24-hour news cycle by the CNNs, MSNBCs, and occasionally, yes, Fox News as well. We, we've gotten, you know, an incredible thing to witness here when you have the most powerful industry on planet Earth is not what you think it is. Eisenhower warned us against the military industrial complex, but it's got nothing on the pharmaceutical slash medical industrial complex. The ownership and control of all life through pharmacia sorcery, medicine. And so this bill was proposed, and again, the Brownstone Institute article is out there. You can It's linked up in the show notes today at robertscabell.com. First airing February 19th, 2024. Are we in 2024? Hard to know, man. These years are just kind of blurring together. Uh, let's say interministerial mission of, for vigilance and fight against sectarian abuses. And so it's in the uh, inclusion in the creation of an offense to punish provocation to abandonment or abstention of care. And that's where the controversy lies. And, you know, this is the interesting thing, because we have this problem here in the United States as well. For those of us who are not on the inside, the club that we're not allowed in. Right. Remember, George Carlin, it's a big old club and you ain't in it. 
Well, the medical doctors thought they were in it until COVID. And when they grew a conscience or those who had a conscience already and said, whoa, 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 the no treatment thing, that doesn't work for me. Going to hospitals at the last second, putting people on vents and killing them with remdesivir, destroying that, that doesn't work for me. And those doctors found out what I had been warning them about for, well, gosh, now 24 years on the air since 1999, maybe 25 technically. That freedom of speech doesn't exist in the United States of America, much less you talk about communist countries or France. When it comes to your perspectives, beliefs, opinions, even scientifically validated on the use of medicines unapproved or supplements or food not approved to treat a disease, according to something like the Fear and Death Administration, the F- our own FDA. And so that kind of thing is going on all over the world where there are captured agencies, where you've centralized bureaucracies into you know, kind of you've got a single point of focus that then says what you can and can't do. And I don't know if you look back into the history of the origin of America, I don't know that our founding fathers thought that one day we would have a country where in the centralized bureaucratic, uh, you know, capital of, of the district of criminals, that they would then control our bodies by telling us what we can or can't put into them or what we have to put into them. That we'd have to beg and plead and fight our way back to have some kind of religious or spiritual autonomy to say, hey, my body, I get to decide. My kids, buy, I get to decide. And that's long been lost. And, I, and I've known that because, of course, I went from a medical track into a homeopathic track. And remember, my uncle, the medical doctor, God rest his soul, said to me as a teenager, a little Scotty Bell at the time, you don't want to be a medical doctor. I'm like, Uncle Bob, what are you saying? Of course, that's all I know. It's all I want to do. I want to grow up and be a healer. I want to help relieve suffering. I've suffered so much as a young person. I want to help people. And then his words were profound and prescient when I realized at Emory University, the things that the doctors had done to me for 19 years did not help me at all. If anything, maybe managed symptoms, but made me sicker. And I realized that if I were to become a medical doctor and do that to other people, I would be miserable. My Uncle Bob was right. Now, this is not an accusation uh, that all doctors are bad. That's not, listen to the words I'm saying. There are good people and bad people in all endeavors. Medicine just happens to be captured more than any other, although our government and media has also been captured by the profitability of a monopoly. Granted, you know, by the treatment uh, for the treatment of disease only allowed by FDA approved synthetic pharmaceutical drugs, third leading cause of death. Is there another way? Has there been another way throughout the history of humanity? Of course, but we have uh, been subjected, particularly in the West, particularly in the United States where I grew up, in erasure of history and a rewriting of that history so that you won't know that. Mainstay of medicine in America throughout much of its history was herbal, homeopathic, holistic, various fields of natural medicine. And remember, in 1844, you had the American Institute of Homeopathy founded, founded. And then in 1847, the American Medical Association was founded with the express intent and purpose to wipe out its competition, primarily homeopathy, but naturopathy ultimately as well. And that 1910, that got institutionalized within medical curricula through the Flexen Report. Therein, and then everything that followed it. Food, Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act 1938 passed in 1939, which, by the way, thanks to Senator Copeland, who was an MD and a homeopath, he almost single-handedly 
save the pharmacopoeia of homeopathy. It was grandfathered in, and that's why it still exists, even though there's a lot of antipathy at the FDA, filling in for the AMA where it's arguably just anti-competitive in terms of freedom, of thought, of conscious. And then we go to, again, Europe, the old world, into France, and you find out, well, even they're captured. We've talked about Israel and, and Netanyahu and Pfizer owning him and the people of Israel through the COVID crazy years and the shots they mandated. They made you wear little, I don't know, they were the gold stars of David. No, they were different, but still, how quickly we forget. You can't come in here because you're unclean. You didn't get the shot. Remember all the people I said, you can't come to the restaurant without proof that you got vaccinated. Whoa, how did that happen? We live in such fear of germs that we can't think clearly. God did not give us that spirit of fear. That spirit of fear comes from somewhere else. And you can argue, we can argue about what we believe that to be. But the reality is when we live in fear, we diminish our connection to that which gave us an immune system, much less a life and agency and choice about how we're going to care for that life, how we're going to defend that life. Is it to inject synthetic mRNA made by mad scientists claiming that they can alter, which they can, DNA protein synthesis to, ra- to, to basically generate abhorrent toxic proteins? Well, we hope that, uh, well, we know this is what we're going to, this is what's going to happen. You're just going to get antibodies that re- are responded. And th- that's all we want the holy grail in junk immunology and antibody with an antibody, which I don't oppose. <laughs> You can still get sick from the given disease. It's not sufficient nor necessary. Without an antibody, you can get sick. You might not get sick either. So the the wholesale focus on that to the abandonment of all things, immune system, much more comprehensive, like the microbiome, like the role and health of the liver, like your positive outlook, your emotional perspective on life, your spiritual connection to the divine, all of those things that have much more value than injecting synthetic antigens, much less mRNA. And now they're so desperate, the pharmaceutical industrial complex, the church of pharmaceutical mysticism, so desperate that they are capturing ever more powerfully various governments around planet Earth, particularly the Western governments, including France, which has included this, Basically, a law that will basically qualify opposition to mRNA, LNP, lipid nanoparticle injections as a sectarian aberration, carrying a penalty of up to three years imprisonment and 45,000 euros. I know that free speech was not enshrined into most constitutions around the world. Most governments in the history of the world have been basically monarchies, you know, kingdoms, queendoms, fiefdoms, uh, you know, ruling by elite leaders, emperors, etc. And our government in the United States was founded expressly to not do that, to not have that happen. Yet here we are on President's Day where people are worshiping presidents and looking for their next president or their former president to come back as if they are political saviors. And I would argue there are no such things as political saviors. If you want to get into religious dogma about saviors, we can. But politically, yeah, there are good people that are bad people, but there are good people that become bad people once they get into government and find out how much, how much they can gain power and money. And if they're not into that, how much they can be compromised via threats to their family in worst cases scenarios. You know, these are the realities of power, the power plays on planet Earth. 
and all we want is freedom, right? Freedom. That for me is, you know, that litmus. You going in to create more tyrannical laws that promote what you like? Because here's the here's the fall down too. When you got <clears throat> one side that's happy. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm <clears throat> I don't want to lose my voice here before we get. Now, oh, we, we do have Dr. Greg Hammer. Okay, cool. We're going to go to him in just a moment. Uh, what, what I'm saying is that we have a power structure. Our founder said, do not centralize it. Allow the power to maintain in the people and the states respectively. We go into the 10th Amendment issues. And then you find that happiness or the pursuit of happiness is more viable in freedom, not in tyranny. And yet there are people on both sides of the political aisle that will go, well, uh, I don't like it when he has that power, but when I get it, it's all good. As opposed to the principle of the power shouldn't be there ever. Like in our foundation documents. Now, I know we have viewers and listeners around the world in various democracies or otherwise, but the striving for freedom isn't about strengthening centralized bureaucracies. It's about limiting their power. It's about binding them down with the change of a constitution or in the United States, the constitution, providing for the maximization of your liberty, your freedom to pursue why you're here. What is your mission? What is your passion? How do you connect to it? And how much does government prohibit you from doing so? What if your passion in France is uh, as a homeopath? To say, uh-uh, no, we don't do vaccines. We don't believe in them. Sorry. You want to argue science? We can do that too. But that's just, and, and look, many physicians, God bless them, they are now recognizing, as Peter McCullough has come to realize, it isn't just the mRNA technology, but everything about the history of vaccination is called into question because there are no double-blind, placebo-controlled, inert, double, it hadn't been done. So they claim safe and effective, safe and effective. It's a mantra within the church of pharmaceutical mysticism. It's a hypnotic trance state that many of you have woken up from because of the COVID craziness. Some before that, I've been at this for a long time and I'm glad and, and grateful to be able to still have a voice, although <laughs> I'm letting it loose on this Monday. So thank you all for being here. Check out the new website, robertscatbell.com. It's updated. You can sign up for the newsletter for free by texting my initials RSB to the number 66866, text RSB to 66866. You'll immediately be prompted to enter your email address. If you'd like to be a patron supporter of the Robert Scott Bell Show, we'd love that too. Our Zoom AMAs once a month happening this Saturday, the 24th of February, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. We look forward to seeing you there. Now, with that, we've got a physician on, Dr. Greg Hammer. He's got a, a Greg Hammer, H-A-M-M-E-R-M-D.com. Gain Without Pain, The Happiness Handbook for Health Care Professionals. And I am in intrigued to talk with him just based on my experience with my uncle, the medical doctor, and how he was worried about me going into medicine and becoming miserable as he was during his practice, even though he's a good man. And I miss him terribly since he passed many, many years ago. Now, here's the book, Gain Without Pain. Let's welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show for the first time, Dr. Greg Hammer. Dr. Hammer, are you there? I'm here, Robert. Great to be with you. Oh, awesome to have you on. I mean, I look at what you've written about, and I think it's something that, you know, my passion for health, freedom, healing, liberty in, encompasses the physician too, the medical doctor, because my I came up in a family of physicians and, and pharmacy people and all of that, and I saw a great dissatisfaction. And I've seen stats surrounding that profession having a higher suicide rate, depression rate than most others. And I'm like, what is wrong? And my uncle tried to explain it to me. Part of it, he said, was the government interference in the doctor-patient relationship. This is going back to the 70s and 80s. He warned me about where it was going. 
it's only gotten worse. So how can we help physicians or healthcare people of all kinds to be happy? Well, you know, it's about uh, how we can all be happier. I, I have a couple of comments for you, Robert. I agree with much of what you said. I think you probably would have been a great medical doctor. I happen to think it's a fantastic profession. And with regard, uh, going back to the AMA issues, um, you know, there's a lot of good that the AMA has done and there's some, some not so good. And that's the case with every big organization. For example, sure. what was happening back around the turn of the century is that there was no oversight of those who were actually doing surgery. So homeopaths were doing surgery and then GPs were doing surgery. And so there needed to be some oversight as to what training was required in order to actually be cutting people open. So I think, True. you know, we can, I, I, we can I all understand that. that. So yeah. when you need governance, then you need, when yeah. you need governance, governance, you need some kind of governing body. And, and th those are always going to have the, the yin and the yang, the good and the bad. Absolutely. And in, and in freedom, of course, I don't want anybody to claim to be what they're not. Right. I don't you know, if, if as a homeopath, I say I'm going to hang up my shingle and do surgery. I'm like, dude, come after me. That's wrong. You know, so there's no <laughs> dispute there. But the point is, the control factor is gone so far out of out of balance that the attack is on anybody who hangs a shingle and says, I provide an alternative method for health and healing that doesn't encompass for instance, FDA-approved pharmaceuticals, and in a in a free uh, you know market for ideas, whatever. Yeah, if there's harm, you you respond to that. But right now, we've got the harm coming from the most sanctioned and, and regulated system on planet Earth. Well, I have to tell you a couple of things, Robert. One is that I know a lot of doctors. Um, I'm in uh, a very technology intense uh, a couple of branches of pediatric medicine, including cardiac anesthesia and critical care. So. By the time uh, patients come to me, they're past the point of homeopathy in general. However, yeah, um, you know, I know a lot of physicians and I, I can't even think of one that is uh, sort of ill-intended or greedy or not in it for the right reasons. And, and I don't know, maybe that applies more to those physicians who take care of children than, than the general physician population. I don't know, but I think the vast majority of doctors are in it for the right reason. You know. I am a scientist. I do pharmacology research, so I'm very familiar with the FDA and and the pharmaceutical industry as I work with both of those bodies. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, again, there's good and bad. I let me just say one thing about oversight, and let's just take the FDA for example. The FDA, in order to approve a drug, has to weigh the risks and benefits. Okay, so for example. The the analogy I use is how do we set the speed limit on the expressway? So let's say we set it at 65 or 70. We know that if we set it for 40 miles an hour, there'll be fewer fatalities. We set it at 90 miles an hour, there'll be more fatalities. So we set it at, uh, you know, on the, on the one hand, if it was 90 miles an hour, people would get where they're going faster unless they were in an accident. And if it was 40 miles an hour, it would take forever. So we find a happy medium. It's not that whoever makes these laws, let's just say all of us, don't care about fatalities. You know, we don't want people to die. We care about people's lives. And we know that more of those are gonna be lost if we go from 40 miles an hour to 65 or 70 miles an hour. But we try to find a happy medium where we're weighing the risks and benefits. And, and that's what I do. And that's what doctors I know do. And we do rely on randomized controlled trials to give us the best information available. And, and occasionally there's a, a condition that comes on so dramatically that uh, there are no RCTs. 
So we just have to take the best judgment, you know, make the best judgment we can, take the best evidence available. There's no randomized controlled trials. And so I know we're off topic here, but no, no, it's, it's um, a good go topic. Back. I'm, Dr. Hammer, by the way, you know, I defer to physicians in their clinical experience. I wish they had more autonomy, not less. Yeah. That's me arguing because the bureaucrats have in, in basically in, in infiltrated to the point where a doctor patient relationship is no longer sacred. It's in third party interveners every which way, but loose. And so the doctors that spoke out during COVID, for instance, learned firsthand. It wasn't that they'd only come after naturopaths and homeopaths. They were targeting those that didn't speak the party line with whoever owned that right. party line. So it's been a, a great maturation process, a hard one, because it's also uh, a bit disillusioning, you know, in terms of what we perceive the, the regulate regulatory authorities were really out to protect us. And it's hard to give a lot of leeway that the FDA bureaucracy actually knows how to do that anymore, with some exceptions, I grant you. But I don't, again, with the doctor thing, I'm all for protecting the freedom of doctors to be doctors. I want to see more of that. Yeah. Well, you know, there has to be some kind of a plan and oversight. I think you know, I'm shocked also about the French uh, law and, you know, the limitations therein and the control therein. On the other hand, you know, just as an example that all systems have good and bad, they're probably in the top two or three healthcare systems in the world. They focus on prevention a heck of a lot more than we do. And we're, we're near the bottom of the first world in terms of the quality of all he our healthcare. The French are at the top. And, you know, so it just goes to show you in a way it's, you know, it's tough to you know, have a short answer to the issue. I mean, I'm shocked about right. what they, the French are doing also. But on the other hand, they do a lot of things right, apparently. And, uh, you know, if I had well, to get sick know, in a country outside of the U.S., it could be France would be my choice. And, and, and homeopathy is a mainstay in France, as it is in Germany, even yeah, though it's not, yeah. again, the first call for everything because of the, the pharmaceutical dominance. So, um, you know, integrating these things and having a collegial atmosphere where I, I've seen good things happen during COVID. I've got more interaction with the me me medical community than ever before because of the recognition that certain things they were not trained, that we had great benefit in helping people for. And it was always the way, but it takes a shock to the system to kind of break us out of our kind of, uh, you know, if we got a pharmaceutical horse blinders, whatever, to say, hey, there's more to life than this, and that we should all be working together for the benefit and, and using things appropriate. And that's the argument in freedom in that when we are free to discuss and engage, we're all Absolutely. better for that. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Well, you asked about happiness. And um, yeah. I think in, in the notes that I got, we were going to talk about cortisol. So let me say that at its best, life is stressful, right? And stress leads to unhappiness, you know, and it is actually one of the key uh, players in aging. And I think among health span and longevity scientists, uh, which is a field that I've really taken a deep dive into, uh, one of the drivers of aging, which can be considered a disease, is chronic mm -hmm. stress. So chronic stress, inflammation, oxidative stress, um, and something called hormesis really are the keys to slow aging and have us be happier at the same time. So stress, so acute stress is a response to apparent danger that evolved over tens of thousands of years in, in, in primates and humans. And it is adaptive, or at least it was adaptive in its original form. And that is that, uh, the, you know, the, the example that's often given is uh, 
you know, guy, you're running away from a bear or a predator or perhaps uh, confronted with uh, a foe. What do you want to happen in order to ready you for either running or staying and fighting that fight or flight response? You want your heart to pump more blood. So you want your heart rate to go up and your blood pressure to go up, your heart to be more forceful in contraction. And you want it to pump more blood sugar, for example, to your muscles. So your muscles have an energy source uh, that they can rely on to fight or flee. So a rise in adrenaline is one part of the fight or flight response, certainly the sympathetic nervous system. And the other part is really cortisol. So in this case, cortisol is a good guy in the acute stress response when you're facing an actual threat. However, these days, most of the time when we have the acute stress response, it's, there's no actual threat. It's triggered by our thoughts. So we think of something stressful like, oh, I've got to meet with my boss. I wonder what she wants. You know, what did I do wrong? And your heart rate starts going up as you're walking down the hall to her office. And, you know, this is really a maladaptive response. Um, but there's a lot of things in our lives that trigger, trigger this acute stress response. I would say this, the way I define resilience is that ability to neutralize the acute stress response when it's not adaptive or no longer adaptive. And so you don't develop chronic stress. And chronic stress, we can talk about the role of cortisol and a lot of other right. hormone imbalances and uh, aging effects on our bodies. Well, and we talk about the, I, I'd say the adaptation syndrome or principles of Hans Selye that, you know, helped me understand it wasn't survival of the fittest. It was survival of who can adapt to the situation, the changing environment, et cetera. And, and you know, adaptability does indicate viability in terms of our health, our response, our stress response. How are we able to do it? You know, I go to the gym every day. I'm, I'm at home to, you know, work the body. Like most of us don't have jobs like it used to be in the history of humanity where we weren't sitting around tickling keyboards. You know, we were out there in the fields or hunting, hunting, building, doing things that not a lot of professions do that. Our bodies are not used as they are designed to. So we are maladaptive to that stress. You know, for me, the ability to deal with, and sure, I have plenty of stress as we all do in life, but how is it, uh, you know, let's say uh, released, if you will, in a healthy manner, or how do we deal with it? You know, physical strength and the ability to go out and work really is an amazing thing. And of course, finding something that you love, we get into more of the psychological, emotional, and spiritual aspects of dealing with stress in addition to the, you know, physical strength ability to deal with it as well. Well, here's how I would break it down, Robert. The three legs of the tripod that support our physical well-being and allow us to adapt to stress are sleep, exercise, and nutrition, period. And then you have the mental spiritual aspect, which is kind of a significant part of my focus. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know that's another way to deal with stress, to, to overcome this negativity bias that we have, which stresses us, and our obsession with the past and future and inability to be present. And that takes a plan and, you know, maybe a contemplative mindfulness meditation practice like the gain practice. So, again, we just need to have a plan. We need to have the eye in gain, which is intention and know what to focus on. We need to focus on our sleep hygiene, an exercise routine and what we eat and when we eat it, including supplements. And then we need to focus on our spiritual wellness. So it's not really mm. that complicated. Uh, each of those components is actually fairly simple. We just have to have the motivation, just like anything else in life. You got to have a plan. You got to stick to it most of the time. And there's a clear path. 
How have you uh, fared through the COVID crazy years we've just come through? And I think there's still lingering issues and, you know, more desires. They frighten us with something called disease X. Uh, as far as managing that, I've I've argued from my, you know, bring upbringing as an allopath, if you will, and, and transitioning to more holistic viewpoints that our fear of germs Although rational when we have an open wound to the world, like, you know, our bodily autonomy, it's not intact. I mean, our integrity is not intact. Like a surgical procedure, you open the body, it's an unusual circumstance. Then we are vulnerable. But for the most part, our immune system, which exists outside of us, including the, you know, the microbiome external and internal, much less an energy field if we get into the energetic realities of existence, um, that fear seems to diminish that. It weakens us and makes us vulnerable so that it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, prophecy to say, ha-ha, we told you the germ was bad, yet not everybody that is exposed to that same germ ever succumbs to it. So how is the germ really the cause? Right. I, I agree with you. I think we're way too cautious about germs. And, and this is proven science that uh, babies and young children that are brought up in an environment where everything is sanitized have more allergies. They're, you know, they're more likely to be allergic to a number of foods, to antigens in the uh, environment, and they develop things like asthma and skin rashes, eczema, and all kinds of allergic reactions to food. So you're right. I think that a reasonable amount of exposure to germs is not only not bad, it may be good. And developmental, you know, yeah. for me, it's like, uh, you know, we have the 10 second rule. I think, you know, something falls on the floor, <laughs> you know, you have to adjust that for the, the uh, water content of what, what fell on the floor. You know, if it's dry, I'm, I'm often good with 10 seconds, depending on the floor. <laughs> right. And then it's how many days can you leave that uh, pasta dish or whatever in the fridge, you know, from your takeout. Uh, you know, a lot of people go with three. I say, great, just invite me over on day four and five. I'm, if it doesn't smell bad, I'm still good with it. The, do you have kids? Remember when they were little, really little? Everything went in their mouth, right? They're the oral yeah. phase. How are, how are they teaching their immune system? I would argue, and many have, that that's an immuno uh, benefit rather than a detriment. Now, I'm not talking about put, having them pick up dog poop and eat it. But in general, in a sense, that microbiome uh, communication of the environment was through the oral cavity, through the alimentary canal. And, uh, of course, if there's a wound or an injury and inflammation, that makes, again, a path, a passage into the body that wouldn't be with the normal GI tract intact. Uh, so, you know, discussions like this are so important to have because of we still have, uh, a, a, if, if we don't have a general fear of germs per se, the, the various bodies, we talk about public health, the controversy of public health. I argue that's an oxymoron, public health. Or it's like there's there's my health, there's your health. This public is, is it a collective collective idea, even though having clean water is good for each individual, right? And look at it that way. But it's about the individual's health because there's no such thing as a collective health. That's kind of an artifice, but I know why they use it. But often they use it to batter us over the heads to say, you have to get this shot. You have to take this drug prophylactically or else everyone else will get sick. And the only product on the planet that I know of that only works when everybody uses it are these things called vaccines. If you don't get yours, mine doesn't work. And it's like, there's some weird stuff that is cognitively dissonant on that front that I think we need to grow up and mature beyond. Well, you know, <clears throat> everything we do, we think, we say, it's really a decision. And with regard to the topic of cleanliness, for example, as in medicine in general, we're really talking about a risk benefit analysis. We're kind of back to that. I, I sort of envision like a, a ruler with a slide on it. You're going to slide it toward one end or the other. You're going to leave it kind of in the middle. And I think, you know, the people that are really uh, 
just sanitizing everything, or clearly they moved that slider out to you know the, the extreme end of the bell curve. Um, on the other hand, you don't want to be on the opposite end either. You know, there we but we can rely in the middle on our skin, on our the immune system that's embedded in our GI tract and our respiratory tract in general to rise to the occasion when it comes to a lot of antigenic material in the environment. Now, you know, that doesn't mean that viruses that we inhale aren't going to make us sick. But in terms of wiping every surface and, you know, bacteria are not usually going to make us sick when our skin is exposed to them, when we, you know, our stomach is incredibly acidic. So most of the, if we swallow bugs, they're usually killed in the milieu in our, in our gastric. Unless you're on proton uh, pump inhibitors, then you got some problems perhaps. Right. That's true. Yeah. 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 So we look at the damage to the mm -hmm. immune system by medicating people out of their symptoms. To, but what is the high price that's paid down the road? We talk about chronic disease versus acute and differentiating as we do, you know, recognizing that we, we may have uh, liver congestion issues related to general toxicity, bioaccumulation of metabolic waste, much less environmental exposures. And, and that's not something that we look at a pharmaceutical drug to resolve because every drug by definition, you talk about the, you know, weighing it out, the cost benefit is toxic, varying degrees. Tylenol, you can end up, of course, even over time, more people than ever, uh, unfortunately going to the emergency room for acute liver failure due to Tylenol use. So we know that those OTCs are approved, but they're quite dangerous. And so how do we weigh those things out when a lot of times we can't discuss natural methods of keeping your liver strong, drinking dandelion tea, for instance. I mean, for goodness sake, there's some basic things that in our history were mainstay that were kind of drummed out of our history. And then people grow up and they only look to medicines that are approved by government and not look to food as medicine and medicine as food as Hippocrates referenced. Well, medicine is food. Uh, food is medicine. Um, <clears throat> I tend to look at the positive, Robert. You know, I like to spend, again, it's a decision. Do I want to think of something good or something not so good? You know, I like to think mm -hmm. of the good stuff. So I'm jazzed by everything we're learning about the gut microbiome and the gut brain. And so we need to feed our gut carefully and avoid antibiotics, except when they're absolutely necessary. And, oh, yeah. you know, I think there's a lot of really exciting science in this area. So you know, all these things that we're talking about, we, we, we need to pay attention. We need to listen to true experts and maybe they're, they don't agree. We need to listen to both sides, but we need to try to make the best choices and most intelligent decisions that we can and, and keeping mm -hmm. our gut healthy and not being overly worried about every exposure to a bacterium on a surface. Uh, I mean, these are kind of no brainers now. I think we have the science to back us. Yeah. So in Gain Without Pain, the Happiness Handbook for Healthcare Professionals by Dr. Greg Hammer, uh, what would you say is the reason so many people in the healthcare sector are not really happy, that they are dealing with various degrees of depression and, and angst and anger and all the kind, all kinds of things? I mean, I have my perspectives on it, but I know you've dug into this pretty deep. So I'm curious if there are maybe one, two or three things that jump out at you most frequently. Well, let's go back to what we started with, with cortisol and stress. I think that life is stressful for everyone. And I don't remember a time in my six plus decades that was more stressful than this one for everybody, not, not just for those in the medical profession, but given you know, the ramifications of COVID that you've been discussing and, and many more aspects of, of the COVID pandemic, uh, what, you know, what's going on in our political system, which is so broken, our healthcare system that's so broken, 
Uh, I'm writing a book about teenagers and mindfulness. Uh, it's really geared toward the rest of us that interact with teenagers who need to have a mindfulness practice because mm. they've got social media, they've got eco-anxiety. Is there going to be a planet for my kids and grandchildren? So I think we're all stressed. Now, if, you, if you're in medicine, you got those things, plus the issues with the healthcare system. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know where to start, but you've highlighted some of those things where <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of governmental lot. And, and, and controls by various bodies. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the, the need to see more patients every hour if you're an internist or uh, you have an office practice. I mean, there's so many extra stressors in medicine. And, you know, if you make a mistake, somebody might die. And I've had, unfortunately, my direct experience with that. So, I think that's why a lot of physicians are stressed. You know, I could give you a top 10 list, and I think I've named those no, that named affect a, all of us, and they're of, all in yeah. the top 10 for doctors too. Sure. Yeah. I, I was thinking, coming back to the sacred relationship, for me, it comes back to that. When you are able to be there and respond to people in need that are coming to you for help, it's, a, it's an uplifting interaction, even though it can be challenging. But again, people that go into medicine or any form of doctoring, they're not afraid of a challenge because none of this is necessarily easy. Uh, there might be simple principles that you can apply, but seriously, when you realize you cannot respond to the patient because there are third-party interveners, government, insurance, yeah. everything, uh, competing, it's like there's a conflict or a schism in all the people that went in for what I perceive to be the right reasons to genuinely yeah. want to help people. And then like my uncle Warmi found out that he couldn't, that it was just building and building and building. And, uh, you know, and I don't know every, but every doctor's experience may be unique here, but I feel that's a big part of it. The loss of the sacred relationship. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. And, you know, most physicians I know believe in preventive care. They believe in, you know, I think that, uh, care for a pregnant woman should be provided no matter what, you know, it just makes sense from so many points of view, you know, the humanity of having a baby come into the world under the best possible circumstances, you got to take care of the mother. And then, uh, you know, just the inhumanity of, uh, you know, perinatal morbidity and mortality and so on. And, and we're all frustrated by the fact that our system is broken. Our healthcare system is really in bad shape. And we need to really uh, you know, I'm afraid we need to kind of scrub it. I never thought I'd be into a single payer system um, because of some of the concerns you have in general about oversight and, mm -hmm. you know, misuse of, of control in various agencies in the government. But on the other hand, when you overly privatize medicine as we have, there's just too many incentives for people to make money that gets taken out of the healthcare system, you know, oh, the yeah. stockholders, the shareholders, et cetera. So I, I, I think... It most of us in medicine are pretty frustrated by the state of affairs in our, in our field. Yeah. And then, you know, when we get into the single payer discussion, like, you know, I've gone up, gone up and lectured in Canada. I've mentioned this about if I go to a holistically inclined, you know, conference, it's more, you know, non-drug focused. And I say to the people of Canada that kind of pride in their system, I said, you know, it's great. You don't, you think the American system's right bad. Oh yeah. It's horrible. It's mean. It's nasty. It's whatever. And I say, well, how often would you use, or do you use your, your single payer system? And the people at the, these conferences will largely go to me. No, I would not use it. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. What did you say? <laughs> you're like, you're telling me how great it is, but you wouldn't, why wouldn't you use it? Well, it only covers drugs and surgeries. And, and if I need that's great, but I have to wait long, whatever. But the point I'm saying is that when we have a single point of focus and freedom is destroyed, the innovation, 
and I, I mean this within the physician community and all of it working together where we can really, yeah. and I agree because the, 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 the so, so strong privatized, in, uh, you know, profit incentive is not working either. But, but the socialized medicine, completely inhumane as well. So where do we yeah. find that freedom to, to, you know, and I think that on an individual basis, I've found it because I kind of, my work is more like ministry. You know, people, it's a healing ministry. People find me if they need me. I try to work with doctors that are open to, to help them to do their job better, anything like that. But it's not, you know, the most profitable way to do it. But then again, I never was motivated by that. I sincerely, because of my suffering, I said, I want to help people not suffer like I did. So it's a different thing. And we know that the incentive for a lot of people to go into medicine, and I'm not saying all of them, because I agree with you. Most of them go in because they have this internal desire. There are some that go in and go, dude, I get extra status. I get this money. Uh, I don't think that's the right motivation, but the system is kind of bred for that at this point. Well, I think we have human nature that permeates all of these fields of endeavor and humanity in general. You know, unfortunately, there's a lot of greed among humans. Um, There's a lot of, you know, personality issues and people have a hard time getting along with each other. And and that's what the gain practice is. So, uh, Mm. you know, the gain practice is really kind of bringing it back to the spiritual elements. I tried to come up with what I think are the four fundamentals, just as sleep, exercise, and nutrition are the three fundamentals of our physical well-being. What Mm -hmm. are the four fundamentals of our spiritual well-being? And, you know, I can only remember an acronym that has four letters in it, what what they stand for. More than that, I I can't remember. And less than that, we're leaving something important out. So gratitude, so important to happiness. You know, we, we may know people who are poor and happy, physically challenged and happy, but You'll never meet a person who's happy and ungrateful. Just can't even imagine it. Uh, The A in gain is acceptance because we have to acknowledge the pain in life and we have to learn to deal with it in a way that uh, uh, facilitates spiritual well-being. And, you know, I lost my son at the age of 29 about seven years ago, and uh, that pain is not going away. But if I resist it, my suffering goes up. Suffering equals pain times resistance. We love formulas right. in medicine. So that's my formula for that chapter. The eye and gain is intention. Again, just as, uh, you know, one of my heroes, John Kabat-Zinn, who's really kind of the founder of mindfulness, he defines mindfulness as being aware of the present moment on purpose, non-judgmentally. Why on purpose? Because our brains are wired through perhaps hundreds of thousands of years of evolution to be negative and not present, you know, to, to obsess on the future of the past. But our brains have this amazing quality called neuroplasticity. So if we have intention, if we have purposefulness and a plan, we can actually rewire our brain one, one day at a time away from this negativity toward a more positive and present way of being. And I think from a spiritual standpoint, that's essential. And the end and gain is non-judgment. You know, we're always judging things and because of our negativity bias, they're usually negative or too often negative, especially our self-judgment. Clearly, we're, we're our own most harsh, uh, you know, judge. And uh, we can learn to drop the judgments. And, you know, if we had more time, I could walk you through exactly how to do that. But this game practice can be done in three minutes every morning, Robert. And it's amazing how baby step by baby step, we can rewire our brains to be happier and more spiritually in tune. And a lot of these problems we're talking about would go away if we did that, if all of us did that. I'm with you. I love it. I love what you're doing, Dr. Greg Hammer. You're doing amazing work. Greg Hammer, H-A-M-M-E-R-M-D.com. You go to his 
website. You'll see the links to the book we have in the show notes today as well at robertscottbell.com. And there's a lot of, it looks like you've done a lot of interviews. I see a lot of media that people can watch. And, um, and I got the gain part. I took notes as well. And it's also on the website as you scroll down, gratitude, acceptance, intention, non-judgment. As you go down there, these are really great. And we'll all be better off integrating these kind of concepts and principles into our daily lives. So if you guys want to pick up the book and learn more, or give it as a gift to your favorite healthcare provider or find out that it works for you too, which I think it will. Uh, you know, if you want to come back another time, Dr. Hammer, we can go into some of the techniques. I always love sharing those techniques too. I'd love to, Robert. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Oh, enjoy. Yeah, I'm going to stay tuned. I want to see uh, Riley Gaines. Um, oh yeah, Riley's coming up an hour too. Bottom of the hour. I've got a few things I've got to get to, including a, sometimes we get questions of the day, comments of the day. And, uh, and today, interestingly enough, the homeopathic hit of the day is a heavy metal na- known, known as bismuth, bismuthum. Uh, so I go through those uh, remedies, just a little bit of bringing back, which I never knew growing up in America, even though, uh, you know, I went to Emory University, which has a big medical school there. And I didn't find out till years after I graduated that they taught homeopathy on the medical school curriculum there up until 1949 it was one of the last holdouts in America after the Flexen report. Isn't that amazing? Absolutely. It's the kind of history you just don't know. It's like, good Lord, how much have we not been exposed to by erasure or other things. So for me, it's fun to engage in this and talk to you about these things too. I appreciate you coming on board today and I look forward to getting you back on because the, the things you're talking about are very important for all of us. Absolutely. And and the nice thing, Robert, is it's not that complicated. We just have to do it. Yeah, exactly. All right, Dr. Greg Hammer, you keep it up. I know you will. And uh, everybody pick up his book. If you're gravitating toward it, it sounds like it's uh, definitely very pragmatic and practical as about, you know, not just talking about concepts in theory, but putting them into practice, which we all need to do. So again, thanks to Dr. Hammer for being on board today. Appreciate you very much. Look forward to the next time, Robert. Wonderful to be with you. Yeah, keep it up. Thanks, Dr. Hammer. Appreciate it. All right. Great discussion. I love having these discussions. For me, I'm better for them, all of them. And I hope you enjoyed that as well. RobertScottBell.com. These things go into immediate archiving in video and then audio podcast form. Of course, we're banned on YouTube and Spotify and LinkedIn. Good Lord knows why. Just because we have good discussions and we have perspectives (laughs) that are not approved by government agencies sometimes. Okay. Well, uh, I'm Uh, really, if I'm going to have a fault or a default setting, it's freedom. And I'm willing to risk freedom uh, rather than tyranny. We've already tried tyranny. That's been done forever. You know, you think we could really try what our founders set us up to do? Freedom, maybe? I think we'll be better off for it. That's my perspective. Anyway, Super Don, we got a question of the day. We got the homeopathic hit of the day. We got Riley Gaines scheduled an hour or two. I got some fitness updates, too, if I can get to them as well. Uh, let's see food is medicine. Oh, we were talking food is medicine. Interesting. Medical foods are on, on tap for discussion as well. Although the things that they call food, I don't know if I'd call them food, but we'll get there. So super D, what do you think? Should we do the question of the day first or the homeopathic hit? What's your, Oh, there it is. Look yeah, question of the day. It looks different now. You know, it does so? look different. This is yeah. the, the updated, new and improved Robert Scabell Show website. Thanks to all of your support, especially your patrons and those that you do- donate from time to time or avail yourselves of the great support system we have and co- companies and products we believe in. We let you know there's also a place on the website for that. Question of the day is coming from Bill. Hi, guys. Are UV sanitizers worth the cost of buying them? Can they be harmful to use? Also wondering, did you receive the donation I gave a few weeks ago? Hopefully it went to you and not someone else. As far as I know, it went to to us here. Yes, Bill, and I apologize for it's been a crazy few weeks here to follow up with all of that. And your donation did help us complete the website. So you absolutely did 
a wonderful thing by by doing doing that for us, and I appreciate that. And hopefully, uh, uh, you'll see how easy it is to navigate compared to what it was, as it was a ten year or fifteen year old site at that point. Also, the UV sanitizer. I mean, there's evidence, there's scientific evidence. Certainly, I don't dispute that uh, UV uh, type uh, purifiers do work, whether it be water or even you know exposing certain you know airborne particles to them. It can be helpful in terms of uh, you know cr- chronic and constant exposure to UV radiation, even mildly ionizing. Probably not great unless you have enough copper and selenium in your system to withstand it, right? Those of you that know the sun does not cause cancer, you recognize that the reason sun exposure to excess can be problematic and chromosomally damage you is the absence of key minerals that protect you at a chromosomal deep level, including, as I mentioned, copper, selenium, and other things. So in this case, yes, they can be utilized. I don't know which device specifically, as you see UV sanitizers in general, there's a lot of variety there. Uh, but it can be helped. But also, I don't want to overemphasize, as we talk with Dr. Hammer about that, the idea that we have to sanitize everything to the point of, you know, you're living in a bubble now because you, you've got no immune system. You just destroy it in that way by eliminating all exposures. But when we have exposures, remember, it isn't necessarily what we are exposed to because we have enough in our body in our GI tract in terms of bacterial content, more than the cells that we can count, that could and should kill us, right? Got E. coli in there. Why isn't it devastating for the most part? Well, when we have a healthy, balanced terrain or milieu or environment, there's a check and a balance and there's health. In fact, it provides, all of those things provide a great role for immune function, uh, neurotransmitter production, uh, endocrine production. And there's so much going on, elimination pathway, detoxification, assimilation, of course. So uh, the idea of using UV light sanitizers specifically for unique environments, I would say, Let's look at that, and then I can make a better answer for you there. But great question. And, Bill, again, thank you so much for your support. Anybody that wants to, there's a donate button. Otherwise, just say thanks to those that support this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty, the things that we believe in and utilize here. In fact, you know, we talked about some of the more esoteric sides of the energetics of life itself. We are more than just lumps of chemistry or chemicals. We have an energy. Our, our, our nature is energetic. Our spiritual essence is energetic. And that's why the homeopathic hit of the day is so much fun because we go to there even with substance. Let's do it right now. Playing all of the homeopathic hits every day right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, today's homeopathic hit goes to a heavy metal known as bismuth. Look at that picture of bismuth. I don't know, Super Don, you outdo yourself with these images uh, for the actual mother substances that we convert into it. Well, you know, bismuth is actually really cool. I've seen it like in the rock shops. Yeah. It really looks neat. And so, you know, every day I try and create a caricature of whatever the the origin of the homeopathic uh, remedy is. Yeah. And today I had some trouble with trying to pick which one I liked the most. Okay, so because they all came out really good. So I mean, you had this guy here. Yeah, which <laughs> I just I I dig this right. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's like, cool. But mm-hmm. the other one, that was pretty good too. Right. I was kind of like, well, well, that's pretty neat. <laughs> yeah, and and then this one here was a little more simple, but I love the colors in it. Yeah, that you could see that in a in a rock, a bismuth. You could see these images yeah. and the colors that will come through. But again, it's not something you definitely want to. 
ingest uh, and so on. But as a homeopathic remedy, it's pretty cool. And here's the PDF that you can download for free in each day's show notes. I learned that they are being put in alphabetically every time we do it. It's not date-centered, it's alphabetical. So you'll see bismuth in the B. It's a remedy often indicated for gastric distress and anxiety. Remember, it's not comprehensive in the few minutes we have to do these things together. But uh, I like to introduce you to them so that you can open up Materia Medica or other books and learn about them. This is often used for gastric distress, including pain, discomfort, nausea, as well as for anxiety that may accompany these symptoms. And uh, there's even more. It's always more than I can give you. The origin of bismuth, of course, it's a heavy metal, precipitated uh, uh, subnitrate of bismuth. And in homeopathy, we use it in a highly dilute form through succussion, dilution. Of course, it's a solid, so you'd have to triturate first. But it's eventually utilized for severe nausea, vomiting, stomach pain, and sometimes emotional distress. Key characteristics, bismuth, known as a homeopathic in its efficacy for treating conditions like gastritis, peptic ulcers, other forms of stomach discomfort, where there is a marked improvement from cold drinks, interestingly enough, and applying pressure to the stomach. So there's a lot of uniqueness in terms of selecting remedies. And it's very, very detailed. That's why it's difficult for some. And as we go into the primary uses, again, effective for managing symptoms of gastritis, peptic ulcers, stomach pain. Um, even as you go, go up a little bit higher there real quick, I know we're running short on time real quick, but as we go up here, there's even swollen gums indicated in the uh, image of how do you use bismuth, but nausea, vomiting, anxiety, etc. Low potencies, 10X, 12X, 30C, that's fine, self-help, whatever. If you're going into the intense chronic conditions, please consult a healthcare provider that can guide you to, to safe use of those higher potencies, which are less substance. I know it's it's kind of uh, counterintuitive in homeopathy, but we're not relying on substance. Go ahead and scroll down as we wrap this thing up in a minute or less. Uh, as far as complementary remedies, uh, we can go to arsenicum album, often used alongside bismuth for gastrointestinal issues when anxiety and restlessness is present. One of my favorite remedies, homeopathic phosphorus, nausea, vomiting, inflammation of the gums as well, nux vomica, which impacts on the stomach and the liver in a positive way. And although it's safe as a homeopathic remedy, it's advisable not to self-prescribe for, you know, non-self-limiting, easy, diagnosable things. Use the healthcare providers, hopefully homeopaths you have or people that integrate to get you well and keep you well. So wrapping it up, remember, this is a gastric distress focused formula or remedy, but it can be done more things. And it's not to replace a doctor if you have or want one, but it's to provide information and insight so that you can make better informed decisions about the care of your health and those you love. And with that, we're about to uh, be joined by our friends on brideon.tv. Welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Hour two commences. I just wrapped up my homeopathic hit of the day, Bismuth. You'll have to rewind. And we had a great guest, Dr. Greg Hammer. You'll love hearing about him, Gain Without Pain. You want to learn about that, come back and hear the archives of it. But this hour, we've got Riley Gain scheduled. You know that champion swimmer who's audacious and outspoken enough to speak the truth that we love so much here and appreciate so much here that um, women are not men and men are not women. And in fact, had I known this back in the day when I was swimming collegiately in the NCAAs, I would have been an NCAA champion if I said, man, I feel like a woman. <laughs> Why? Why don't we protect the integrity of women's sports? Well, Riley Gaines does that. We'll find out who else does as well. She's scheduled. Also, uh, we've got food as medicine, medical foods. What are they? We're going to talk about them. There's one particular one. We'll read the ingredients and think, hmm, maybe that's not actually food. But for now, remember, the power to heal is yours on the Robert Scott Bell Show.
Well, if you're just tuning in, uh, you can watch the show on our webpage, as always, robertscottbell.com or various social media platforms where we're not banned, at least for the moment. Uh, and I just was looking to at everything's looking great and working, but I think the chat room has to be reinstalled, Super Don. I don't see it there. We have a, a built-in chat room where many of you will comment during the show, and it may not be activated yet. Is that what I'm seeing? Yeah, I'm I'm writing uh, Geej right now. There's we're finding little things here and there, Which you we know, that, expect that to do. Yes, little we, tweaks and we, stuff and yeah. and stuff. So um, yeah, we'll get that we'll get that taken care of here soon. Also, I saw a comment uh, from Chris last hour. We were talking about the thing in France where they were basically going to criminalize speech specific to dissuading people from taking mRNA injections, and that could be fined, imprisonment, and all of that. Uh, Chris has said that uh, it may not have passed, in fact, since the time that this was publicized. There might have been an outrage enough that it didn't. I don't know the details on that, mm -hmm. but we'll have to revisit that and get confirmation one way or another. But that's why also we cover these things, because oftentimes they're swept under the rug and they do pass, and you find out later that you have this or, law against it, your freedom. It's good to know that they're even trying to pass this stuff, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that's, that's what we need to know. We need to see what it is they're attempting to do, because if they attempt to do something like this, and there's outrage and it doesn't pass, that doesn't mean they then go, oh, well, never mind. We'll never try that again. You know, <laughs> right. then they're kind of like, oh, crap. Okay, that didn't work. How can we try and pass this in another way that it'll work? Well, a that lot of these things have been done in secret. That's how they become law or things like post 9-11 in this country, you know, Patriot oh, yeah. Act. How many times have we covered a story where they pass some law in the dead of night, mm -hmm. you know, when everybody's asleep, you know, everybody's, yeah. everybody hangs out and, and, and waits and, and passes this stuff. Yeah, it's or, just or like, they attach well, it to some other giant, you know, giant well, bill that's unrelated. Yeah. yeah, but it's like, well, we just had insomnia. We did no, you did that. Yeah, right. Come on, yeah, who are, you can't fool us. Anyway, that's you know part of what we're uh, we're dealing with on this planet, trying to be uh, transparent. And I think that in 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 the light, the sunshine, we talk about it as a disinfectant, but more importantly, so you can actually see what they're trying to do to you. Uh, government is force, and our founders knew that. Even though there's a place for it, it is uh, what a a dangerous servant and a, a perhaps deadly master in reality when it controls us. And that's not what we're fans of here. And many of you around the world, even if you're not in the United States, you, you have appreciated that about our country, even as we haven't lived up to all of those high ideals, but that's again, humanity. Any of us can be, uh, you know, falling down along the wayside. Hopefully we pick back up and, and do better each time because we learn. But if we never learn about our history, which many children, kids, teenagers, young people in America are not learning about our history. Heck, even when we were learning about some real history back when I was a kid, Super, when you were a kid, there was a lot that wasn't there as I found out after I graduated from university level training. It was like, what? How did they miss that? You had to dig deep. And that's part of what we do here. And part of what the new media does uh, is to dig to things that maybe not covered by legacy media or mainstream media sources, for various reasons, including being compromised economically because of the money coming in. It's important that you don't find this out because the money will dry up if you do. Uh, so that's another realistic aspect of it, as much as it's not nice to say or see. Now, one of the things I talked with uh, Dr. Hammer about last hour was the stress issue. And one of the reasons why I go to the kickboxing gym regularly when I'm not traveling, even when I'm traveling, if I can find one, I'll go to it. I'll often bring my wraps at least to do that because th the job I do here doesn't require a lot of physical 
a laborious, intense task. Unless during the summer when I'm out in the garden, you're digging, you're preparing, you're doing, we built the greenhouses, all of that. My wife helped to build them. I mean, these are physical tasks, but for most of us, it's not part of our daily life or grind. The grind is stressful emotionally, uh, mentally, and all of these things. And that's very real too. So how do we, if we don't have a stressful job in a positive sense where where our muscles are being utilized, we got to go to an artificial environment, like a big old gym, but these things are, you know, amazing. You go in and you can use the muscles the way I believe we were designed to be used. So I'm going in this week. I'm training. Actually, I'm training all the time, but Friday, my plan, I got to do 58 burpees in a row. Now, those of you who know what those things are, the way when I, I learned about burpees, I didn't know about them growing up. When we did calisthenics and things, it was like push-ups, you know, things like that. But this this thing is like you you drop down into a push-up, you come back up and you jump and you do that again and again and again. And at the gym, of course, you do that based on your birthday, your age. You got to do it. And unfortunately, as you get older, you have to do more. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to really keep up with this. So uh last week. Uh, at the gym, I, I, I won the challenge of the week again, and super Don's like, he's bragging again, but no, my purpose <laughs> sharing this is to inspire you guys to do amazing. There we go it. again. Okay. Remember, or let's say for those of you who are new to the show, I was ill for the first 24 years of my life, chronically from zero to 24 chronic illness after chronic illness. And I was like, how are you born with chronic illness? Well, now we got to go to generational decline due to environment, nutrition, et cetera. But I had a lot of things, including every allergy known to man. We're going to talk about allergies this this, uh, this hour as well before we get Riley Gaines on the show. And, and those things were not ever resolved with medicines, with drugs. I did 10 years of allergy shots. Only worse, only worse until I found out the reason I had allergies. My gut was destroyed from antibiotics and other things. And the inflammation that would never stop, even with steroidal and non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, damaged my liver, made it, all of that went on. And in my book, Unlock the Power to Heal, the reliance on anti-inflammatory drugs can precipitate surgical interventions that you wouldn't have needed otherwise, right? The chapter in my book about gut recovery, subchapter heading, the road to colostomy bags is paved with antibiotics and prednisone. Now, these are medicines that can save your life in, in certain circumstances, but to rely on them chronically, it's devastating. It's not a good plan. So these are my these are my journeys to go. How do I get well and stay well? And part of it is my physical health. Now, I don't know. Do we I, today we could show a video? I don't know what to do with this thing. But the trainer was like, <laughs> well, you, all kinds you, of creative videos. You sent today. me the videos, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll take a look here. This is Robert. Uh, <laughs> ah. You got this. You turn what do they call this thing? The ab wheel rollout. Yeah, those have been around forever. Yeah, it's like. Now, you got to have a good core to do this. And, and when I started, I couldn't do this oh, years, look at that. years ago. So you can go full vertical or, or is it horizontal? What is the word? Horizontal. All the way flat yeah. and come back up. That's really good. And that don't do that the first day. Uh, but today, the, the challenge of the week was an interesting one. You had two dumbbells, and I had a 15 and a 15. And it was to do a full squat, come up, and then raise one, go down, pull up, raise the other one. And each one was one. And I did 77 in three minutes. Wow. And it, so far, it's like 26 more than the nearest person doing the heavy, heavier weights or whatever. Again, I'm not trying to brag here. I'm just saying, no, reminding no, myself even. Hey, it's, it's, you're, you're, you did, look, we've got, there's, an, here's another video. Yeah, I had to get, engage my core here to do this right. But man, my, my biceps were burning doing this thing. And it's not a weight exercise except your own body weight. Your own body weight. Yeah. yeah, doing it in that, that regard. And, and so, 
it, it's just various. This is the thing why I like this, Jim. You uh, never get bored. There's something new every day, which is kind of cool. Oh, here's the, here's the cool one, though, here. Look at yeah. that. I have to take yeah. <laughs> I have to take my glasses off or I knock them off when I wow. do those things. So. Now, now, when I was yeah. previewing these earlier, yeah. I was just like, I was watching this, and you're doing this, and you're doing the other thing, you're thing, and I was like, I just had this vision in my head. I was just like, this has got Rocky Four training <laughs> montage written all over it. So I hope you don't mind. I took some yeah. liberty here. No. Oh, good Lord. Really? <laughs> this is training for my 58th birthday to do 58 burpees, right? Me and Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> You're getting way too creative. Unreal. All right, there you go. Thank you, Super Don. That's very cute. But when I, when I first started at the gym some years ago, to do 10 squats with no weights was brutal. I'd be crying. So I didn't, I, I didn't expect to do so. I just I still think of myself back in the day when squats were the worst thing to do. So to do 77 in three minutes with weights, I was like insanely going, who is this guy? And right. my point <laughs> of saying that it's consistency, it's persistence. It's don't think you're going to do that the first day. I didn't. But don't give up because you can't do it on the first day. You just keep going little by little by little. And now, you know, I'm winning these challenges of the week in my late 50s. I'll say it now uh, where I couldn't do some of this stuff in my 20s after I had been, you know, even a competitive swimmer fighting through chronic disease. So to do what you think you can't do, the impossible, it's just a matter of dedicating, believing to start and then staying persistent, and consistent with it. And now. It's just a wonderful thing to go, wow, I did that. And you can too. And I hope it's not annoying you. I hope it inspires you to to do whatever. You don't have to do what I do or the way I do it, but find something that you can, you know, even if it's just going for a walk with your honey, a vigorous walk, just get out there and move. Movement is life. And that also helps me to deal with all the mental, emotional, all the stresses that you can't avoid. And sometimes there are more than others. So uh, with this opening uh, uh, little uh, foray into fitness, uh, we'll have Riley Gaines on at the bottom of the hour. There's this thing about medical foods. You know, food is medicine. Medicine is food. It's true that it is. But what is the food? Now, this guy we've referenced before, Bruce Lee, not Hayat Bruce Lee, but this guy from, uh, uh, what is it, uh, Forbes, writing about medical foods. And as we look at the controversy, used to be a lot of controversy about like the skeptics out there, uh, they would go, oh, yeah, food is medicine, right, right? Only drugs are medicine. And so they would do a lot of negative stuff. But there wasn't anything snarky about this article. They actually are talking about the role of food being important in terms of keeping you strong, keeping you well, which is great. I got no problem with that. But if you break out what a medical food might be, uh, do you have an example of that? I think we were looking at some of the ingredients of some of these things. I might take issue with what is in some of these things they call medical foods. And perhaps the reason they're they're wanting some kind of FDA approval officially, it, they become a little bit more of a combination of food and drugs simultaneous. And then they profit due to maybe patented technology and they could prescribe it and get covered under insurance. But if you look at water and vegetable oils, canola oil, that's rapeseed. Now, this is, this is a medical food. This is one oh, of the examples that... That uh, that Bruce 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 Lee brought up from <laughs> not Forbes. Not Bruce Lee. Different. Uh, 
Yeah, so he's like, here, we know what medical foods are. This is a medical food. And so I was like, let me check out this medical food. Yeah. So these are the ingredients of the OPEXA, which is for people, I think, that are, are recovering from lung um, issues. Right. Yeah. So vegetable oils, we know, are very pro-inflammatory. And usually they're coming from chemically grown uh, vegetables. And canola is largely, unless it's organic, is, is genetically modified. And it's more suited for motor oil. To, to lubricate machines than it is the human <laughs> machine. Uh, I got yes. no problem with MCTs, but again, boring right. milk proteins. What's the source of the milk? Are these uh, grass-fed uh, cattle? Are they uh, genetically modified? Are they getting, I, I don't know. Sucrose, of course, sugar, maltodextrin, another sugar. Fish minerals, oil. it says. Minerals. Right. So most of these minerals are amino acid chelates done by man, not by nature. They're synthetic, so right? They're not going to be as efficient, if at yeah. all, absorbable and usable by the body. And right. then they have soy, which is largely genetically modified. And most of the vitamins they have see uh, synthetic as well. And so to me, food is not synthetic in a sense, synthesized in a lab necessarily, but it is food because it is grown and it is grown well, as nature intended it to be grown. What's this? Here, here this is another example. You said now Nepro, I guess it's called uh -huh. Nepro, Nepro. This is another example of a an FDA approved mm -hmm. medical food. Yeah. Uh, and if you look at the ingredients of this medical food, this is like nepotism with the pharma. <laughs> um, corn syrup solids, of course, high fructose corn syrup and right. solids. These are all genetically engineered largely. Safflower um, oil and canola oil. Sure I mean, proteins. those are both really bad for you. Well, the, again, pro-inflammatory omega-6 heavy. Yeah. More sugar, no quality of milk discussion. Uh, soluble corn fiber, again, probably genetically engineered. Uh, so more soy. Artificial flavors. Again, synthetic amino acid chelates. Oh, good Lord. There's just not a lot that I would say is ideal in terms of, I mean, I guess if you got nothing else, do you get that in your body? See, this is, this was my journey as a baby. The doctors at the time, God bless them said, you know, he's not keeping the food down. I was violently vomiting everything that came into me. And it was an acute response because I was not well being born, but they put me on baby breast milk formula, that stuff at the time. And I projectile vomited that stuff out. Now, had I done that long enough, I would have perished in infancy. You know, you got to have some way to deal with it. This is where I talked about the adaptation syndrome for survival. If your body cells get the wind of this is all you're getting, bud, you better figure this out. Your body has a way to adapt and go, all right, let's find something good in here as opposed to the violent supersize me response and then you buy your body finds something that can sustain itself and then it deals with the other garbage in another way now that became the bioaccumulation for my uh poor health my poor digestion my skin rashes my uh you know chronic in infections acute infections that became chronic due to antibiotic use and uh yeah you name it, I had it, including musculoskeletal inflammatory conditions as a child, like tendinitis. Like, why Why does a kid have tendinitis? Right. Well, here, take kid, take this drug. We don't care. Take up swimming. That was the best thing that came out of all of that, is that I took up swimming as a child because the, the doc said, you got your knees are swollen, you can't play soccer anymore. But I was, at, I wanted to be an athlete too. And so I went into swimming and I was, you didn't want to follow me in the lane because snot was coming out of my nose all the time. I was just like Mr. <laughs> Congestion. But th that, that was nice. my reality. And I overcame a lot through sheer will, not knowing any different. That was the body I was given. Right. Now, at 24, the change was on. I went organic. I began to detoxify my liver. I uh, reduced or eliminated my reliance on drugs. It's not that I wouldn't 
use an antibiotic if I felt it were necessary. With my kids at the age of 24 and 18, you think with all, well, human life experiences, infections, and they have, I've never once had to resort to an antibiotic for them because of my knowledge of homeopathy, the use of silver colloids or the hydrosol form and other things. So again, it's not me saying there's never a place for modern medicine. I've never, ever said that. It's a matter of using it as a last resort rather than a first, second, and third. It's warfare mm-hmm. medicine. It's so food. Life-saving. So food first. Food. So food actually food. And, and I, we, Go ahead. I, I got to tell you that, that I'm just, I'm thoroughly impressed with with uh, on his article, uh, yes. this because usually he's very critical about anything that is outside right. of the pharmaceutical realm, right? Mm-hmm. He's very, very uh, snarky about it. And in this particular article, I just, I don't know what, he just woke up on a different side of the bed when he wrote this one yeah. because it's very fair and it's very reasonable. And there's a particular paragraph in this article that I think is significant that um, where he talks about, and, and I'll just read it here. He says, expanding the use of medical foods and food as medicine in general seems like a no-brainer, but there are still a lot of obstacles baked into our country's current health systems. Mm-hmm. And he, he refers to this this guy here, this other guy that he quoted in the article. He points to the lack of support for research into potential medical foods. He says, often funding agencies are very focused on pharmaceutical approaches, 90%. And this is not no shock to us. 90% mm-hmm. of clinical trials are funded by pharma. Yeah. Right? They're, they're not going to do a clinical trial on how good is kale yeah. uh, for present. You know, because you, can't, you can't patent kale, right? <laughs> well, you know, and I would argue kale's not a, a health food, but uh, let's put yeah, that aside. All right. All right. Well, all right. I used the wrong. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, so, okay. so anyway, he says, yeah. even after medical foods reach the market, they may not be reimbursed by health insurance. So there's mm-hmm. the other thing, right? Yeah, where it's like, well, here's, here's food, but who's going to pay for it? You know, right. I mean, I, my health insurance won't cover it. Mm-hmm. And then he says, many doctors are not familiar with medical foods. They're often hesitant because medical foods are not FDA approved in the same way the drugs are. And I'm yeah. thinking, really, you're not going to tell somebody to eat right because the <laughs> FDA did not approve food. That's true. That's sad. That is sad. But but I mean that's literally yeah. what he's saying. And when you look at these quote medical foods that we were we were showing the ingredients to, yeah, they're able to. Th- that's something they can make money off of. I don't know how much the Nepro and Oxepa costs, mm-hmm. but I'd be willing to bet that it's probably going to be more expensive than making yourself some organic homemade chicken noodle soup. <laughs> or, or sorry, you know what I'm saying? Well, yes. And we know that in the dietary supplement realm, there's a lot of good science to back up many supplements, including the omega-3 fish oil category or however you're deriving the omega-3s. Uh, so there's Omacor, which is a prescription omega-3 uh, fish oil kind of product, which is a lot more expensive than what you can get in the health food store. Now, obviously, you'd want to be sure that you you get validation on the, the, the fish oil that you get that's not rancid. There are no metals, heavy metals in it and stuff. But there are companies that are good that do that. Nordic uh, Naturals is a good one. That's the one right? I use. Yeah. yeah, and we've just learned about recently uh, an algae-based one out of Iceland, which Orlo. is fascinating, Orlo. Yeah. So there are options that uh, don't require FDA approval. Again, we can get into discussions of regulation, but the idea that you won't you won't talk about food unless the FDA approves it, I don't know that every doctor is like that, but those that are, I would not want to see them. They're probably not having a bowel movement every day either, even one. Yeah. Uh, which well, would explain and, it. But. And I'll tell you, I, I will never forget the day that I found out that in the original, before mm. it was rewritten, yeah. the original Hippocratic Oath, yeah, there was a section of that that talked about how 
you would, uh, when you take the oath that you will uh, guide people on how to eat in order to become well and to Mm -hmm. heal themselves and to prevent disease. Sure. And somewhere along the way, they decide, ah, we don't need that in there anymore. (laughs) And they just took it out. Yeah. Well, that's the point of erasing history, rewriting history, just eliminating certain clauses in history. That's enough to, to change the present and the future. Whereas we look at everything as a drug deficiency, which doesn't really exist in, in terms of nutrient mineral deficiencies. Those are very real. And that's where we focus a lot of our time and energy in education. Things that I didn't know. I kind of, we kind of pay lip service to it, but we don't really dig deep into it because the predominant profit center is And I'm not saying there's not a lot of profit that's being made in health food stores. And I hope that the health food stores would lean more toward food and less toward synthetic. But, you know, you've got to do your dig in there, too, to figure it out. Uh, That's part of our process. And by the way, shout out to Jonathan at ChooseToBeHealthy.com because he only carries the 100% whole food supplements that we utilize and recommend here. Now, here's another uh, issue. Allergies. We had an article here on spring allergies. Uh, technically it's winter for most of you, unless you're in the deep South where you start seeing pollen hitting and the trigger for a lot of people's uh, hyperimmune responses, uh, histaminic response, other things. Um, These, yeah, these allergies have wide ranging effects. Well, duh. I mean, there's often fatigue that goes along with it. uh, Poor digestion, assimilation, nutrient, you know, mineral, mineral depletion, et cetera. We can see nasal asthma, eczema. I, I had all of these all of these I had. I was the poster boy for just about every allergy known to man. Now, it's one thing to avoid allergens, but how how lovely is that if you have a cat or a dog you love and you get tested like I did, like you're allergic to all animal dander. You can't have a pet? How about asking the question, why are you allergic to fill in the blank? That was not asked by my allergist. It was just, oh, man, we tested you. We poked 100 holes in your back. They pretty much all inflamed. Here for take the shots take the drugs. I even had surgery to open up the nose holes of my nose, the, you know, (laughs) make them bigger. That was uh, the deviated septum surgery, probably covered by insurance. And all it did was make bigger holes for all the snot that filled the holes. So it didn't resolve the issue in reality until I recognized through the use of, well, well, my own brain, for instance, ask questions, but being open finally to say, hey, why do I have allergies? Is it the allergen that's the cause or is it the something's wrong metabolically internally? And of course, I had gastrointestinal inflammation from the time I was a baby, just about poor absorption, elimination problems. Yeah, I was hospitalized with constipation as a child. How bad does it have to get to send your kid into a hospital because there's nothing coming out? That's not good. And yet we accept this idea that if you go two to three times a week, that's normal, not healthy, normal. It might be abnormal, normal in terms of what we've accepted as normal, but what is healthy? We have to look back in history to find it. Just like when all of us exercise, because it's a matter of course of being alive, we had to, it was part of what we did. We're so removed from that. But then again, if we think we could sustain ourselves on genetically engineered, pesticide-laden, glyphosate-infested uh, uh, foodstuffs, much less the synthetics that they add, you're asking for something I believe is not very realistic. And you'll see the, the manifestation, if you will, of chronic de- degenerative inflammatory conditions, which they say that's part of the aging process. But as I, at almost 58, can do things I couldn't do at 24, how is... I'm not saying that this body I'm in won't age and won't be able to do things, but by and large, I'm doing stuff I couldn't do in my 20s, and I'm running circles around many people in their 20s and 30s at the gym. 
and they're a great fit people. I don't win the challenge every week. I'm not saying that, but just to be in contention, it's pretty cool. And I'm also not saying that if I got in the ring with, speaking of women and men, <laughs> if I got in the ring with Layla Ali, who's a friend, she'd whoop my butt. I joke with her about that. I said, I want to get in the ring and spar with you. She's laughing and shaking her head. It's like, no, 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 knock me out. So I can tell everybody I got knocked out by Layla Ali. But normally I don't, I don't think that women can compete with men safely. And, and, you know, in the boxing ring, pound for pound, uh, you know, of course, that's a devastating. I mean, we've seen it on the volleyball courts as well. I mean, the the speed with which, the, you know, the male athlete that says, well, now I'm a woman and plays creates a, a very dangerous atmosphere, an awkward one in the in the locker room, especially if you have male genitalia. What the heck is that? I'm a woman, right? And I talked about the, you know, I had allergies through my swimming years, right? I, I was not well. I willed myself through my chronic diseases to be a young athlete, to go through the things I did. But, oh, if I had only known, I could just say, man, I feel like a woman. I would have won the NCAAs and, of course, the women's division. But then I go back to being a man after. I, it's just wrong. I don't see. How can you not see that? I don't know. But real quick, as I wrap up the allergy uh, discussion here because many of you are about to suffer from them. Utilizing the silver hydrosol intranasally can help, but that's still managing the, the end-stage symptoms. If you heal your gut, if you help your liver to detoxify, you can utilize the homeopathic remedies for allergies that exist. You can even use the allergens converted into homeopathic form as a safer way to desensitize, like the shots that didn't work for me for 10 years. And you can overcome those. And it, it, by the way, we got the monocore. Uh, device. I'll talk about that probably later in the week. And there's whole sequences for allergies in there as well, doing energetic uh, interface with AI systems. It's amazing what's available to us to overcome that. But let's just right now go into the reality, the the unfortunate abandonment of common sense that I would never have predicted of all the things I could have predicted in my life that one day, Men will pretend to be women so they can compete in women's sports and dominate. I'm like, no one would ever put up with that. And like, not only are they putting up with that, they're attacking people or pointing out the absurdity. And one of those people we appreciate very much here, and I'm so grateful that she's uh, uh, joining us on the show right now. She's got a book, Swimming Against the Current, Fighting for Common Sense in a World that, That's Lost Its Mind. Her name, Riley Gaines. She was also a swimmer, which I like because I, I used to do that. Riley, welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Well, it is good to see you. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, my gosh. I just like I just shake my head and go, how is this possible that this is even controversial? The things you say and talk about defending women's sports and its integrity. And <laughs> I I wonder the same thing. And, and really, like my whole shtick, the premise of my argument, right, is that there are two sexes. You can't change your sex. And each sex is deserving of equal opportunity, privacy and safety. Boom, period, point blank, that's it. But for saying that, I am met with some of the most obscene, profane things, I mean, violence, really, that you could possibly imagine, which is a true testament to where we are as a nation and, and really where we are as globally right now. I, I'm trying to figure out, you know, the agenda is like, if we dissolve this idea that there are males and females what what is the end result of that? No more reproduction? I mean, what what happens next? We well, you're exactly right. Uh, if we are willing to deny the most basic of truths, uh, this really the sheer essence of humanity, which is man and woman, God's greatest creation, 
Um, if we are willing to do not to deny that, there are no limits. Uh, we should be asking ourselves, okay, well, what's next? Uh, will we start denying age? Uh, which really, I, I think we're getting there. We've seen in Canada recently uh, a man who identifies as a woman, but also as a 12-year-old swimming with the young girls, which is incredibly perverse. Wow. Um, which I think is an attempt to really, if we start to deny age, I think that's all set on a path to normalize pedophilia, which is incredibly disgusting. We've seen stories just in the past 24 hours um, of men who identify as women who are breastfeeding babies, which make no mistake, oh. uh, that is sexual abuse of a child. And they're using this baby, this poor child as an erotic prop. Um, I think, look, this this movement as a whole, whether that's in sports, whether that's uh, the medicalization side of things, whether that's in academia, whether that's our government, whatever it might be, really this movement and what drives this movement is money. Mm -hmm. uh, look, the NCAA, they don't follow red or blue. They follow green. Same thing with corporate America. So I think that's the driving factor of what this movement is. So who, who's fun? Let's go back to NCAAs. I mean, I, I swam as a Division three swimmer. It's like pure athletics. You didn't get paid to swim at all. Not that there's a bad thing if you can get academics or other scholarships to go. It's wonderful. But the the money is like, where's this money flowing into NCAA to go, hey, let's let women pretend to be men and compete against? Because we, we swam with women in practice, there was no problem there. You'd have joint practices. Sometimes you'd have separate practices. So that's not what we're talking about here. But it's like when it comes to the meets themselves, the competitions themselves, the men swam, the women swam. Nobody had a problem with that. I think the NCAA is more so fearful of losing money. Okay. Uh, they're fearful of lawsuits. Uh, that's what I've been told by athletic directors and by chancellors and by presidents and by people, a part of the governing board of the NCAA they know this is wrong. Of course, they know this is wrong. Their specialty is in sports, just like ESPN, for example. Mm -hmm. We saw ESPN back in March, uh, which is Women, Women's History Month. They did a huge special on Leah Thomas being this brave and inspiring woman who has overcome adversity and persecution to achieve the seemingly impossible. You really mean to tell me that ESPN believes this? No, of course not. Um, but they're, they're terrified of a lawsuit and ESPN in particular, look, they're owned by Disney and that should tell you everything you need to know right there. So I think they're more fearful of a lawsuit, uh, and they're banking on the fact that we, as women, mm. as females, we won't sue, um, which I think needs to be done. It needs to be had. And is certainly something that, um, I'm looking at the process of and looking into at the moment is suing. It's mm. what the other side does so well is litigation and they follow right. up on, on that. So I think that's what we need to do as female athletes as well, because bottom line is they explicitly violated Title IX, the federal civil rights yeah. law that says no discrimination on the basis of sex. I want to ask you from a female perspective, where are the women defending female sports and what Title IX was written to protect? Where are they? Are there any that we should know about? Because I, I like you, I, you know, I, I want people to know about you because you're standing up and hopefully giving strength to other women to say, it's not wrong to defend your integrity in sports and your ability to compete at high levels without having to compete against people who claim to be women who are not. Man, uh, I have been asking myself this question, right? You think of someone like Billie Jean King, who really, uh, we have to a credit for Title IX. We have her to thank for Title IX. Uh, you think back to the 60s and 70s, look, she played in the Battle of the Sexes and she won and it was this huge feat for women. Um, Billie Jean King is now actively leading the charge in dismantling 
women's sports by actively fighting for male inclusion in women's sports. Uh, we have seen some people, right, like Martina Navratilova, who um, a lifelong liberal is is has and has been um, a fighter for LGB in particular rights, mm-hmm. uh, being a lesbian herself. And look, we don't agree on on virtually anything else. But we agree on this issue. She has acknowledged and has said many times, I would not have had the opportunities that I had if it weren't for the women's sporting category and had men been allowed to compete against me. So that's great. Look, like I said, we don't agree on a lot, but we need those allies. And there are a ton more of them than it seems. Uh, By the way, our media is responding and our our elected officials are voting. This is a winning issue. Uh, Without a doubt, it polls 80% or so. And you and I both know there are very few issues uh, that poll that well among the general public. Yeah. And you know what? When we say we want to defend women's sports and the integrity of women's sports doesn't mean we're against people who live different lifestyles. You know, that's their freedom to do it as long as they're not violating children, especially. I mean, that's you know, you brought that up as well. And I talk about that in the medicalization of of consent uh, at, at younger and younger ages. It's like bizarre. You know, even sex change operations for you know, teenagers that the parents would go, no, are you kidding? And the kids can go in certain states where they'd like to make it. So like in New York and others where they can do that to me again this go- leads to something you mentioned the ability if a, if a child can consent to medical procedures which i don't believe they have the, the ability to do i mean there may be rare exceptions when you're 17 you're right there but for the most part then what are they trying to do is say hey kids can consent to other things too right well, if they can do this they can do that and you know where that leads that's where you know you had intimated before i think that's part of this i certainly do too uh and look you have again, whether it's schools or or whatever it might be, they're pinning these kids up against their parents. And look through any civilization that starts to do that, that starts to destruct uh, the nuclear family, uh, destroying our faith base, uh, destruction of our freedom, such as the freedom of speech, not to mention the denial of truth and the shift in language. Um, It's no longer woman, no, it's birthing person or, or cervix haver or uterus owner or chest feeder or menstruator or whatever other derogatory term they want to use on top of the propaganda being pushed by the media. And again, preying on the most vulnerable of the population, that being children and women, it really points in one direction. And it's easy to see if you lay it all out and you have the slightest understanding of history. I, of course, am no historian, uh, but it points in the direction of Marxism. Look, talk to someone from North Korea, or China or Cuba or Germany or Russia or Venezuela or or any of these countries, Brazil, any of these countries that have embraced this communist Marxist regime. And they will tell you that it is a slippery slope and it is a slippery slope that by the hands and feet of our own leaders, by the people in the White House, we are actively being led down as a nation right now. Yeah. And you, you, ter- you talk in terms of some of the graphic things like menstruator. I'm like, man, if you're out there and you think you can have a menstrual cycle and you bleed once a month, you either have a really bad urinary tract infection or you have hemorrhoids. Don't <laughs> kid yourself. That's your only two options. Unless no. you got, yeah. I'd love to know where, where they put these, um, these feminine products, right? We have people like Dylan Mulvaney who has a tampon sponsorship endorsement deal. Where does what? he put those? Robert, where does he put those? Uh, You know, these are the discussions that are quite uncomfortable, even talking behind the scenes. But the absurdities need to be pointed out here that, you know, reminds me of the childhood. You know, was it Aesop's fables? These things, the emperor wears no clothes. The point where it will take a child or someone who can see through this and go, 
hey, he's butt naked and he's ugly and he ain't a woman. Right. At that point where everybody goes, oh, my gosh. And they get sh- shaken from this this stupor that they're in, this this hypnosis that's occurring. And I don't know, was there something in you from early on or just because you are tenacious as a swimmer? I know what it's like to be dedicated two to five hours a day of, of training. It's not an easy thing to do to have the strength to withstand all the things thrown your way. You know, when was it that you woke up and said, I got to take this on? Well, um, when I really woke up, look, of course, uh, I knew this was wrong all season when I was being impacted by this. I knew the unfair competition was wrong. I knew the locker room was wrong. I knew that the silencing that we were facing from our universities, of course, we knew all that was wrong. But it wasn't until um, it was a 200 freestyle, Leah Thomas, again, Will Thomas, a six foot four man. And I had tied at our national championships, meaning we went the exact same time down to the hundredth of a second, which is incredibly embarrassing for a six foot four man, might I add. (laughs) Um, But despite tying, the NCAA told me it was crucial that Leah got the trophy. And when I asked why, why does the man get the trophy in the women's 200 freestyle, despite us going the exact same time, they told me it was crucial because when photos were being taken, He had to have it in his hands. That's what they had been advised. Um, Oh, my gosh. They just reduced everything that we had worked our entire lives for down to a photo op to validate the feelings and the identity of a male at the expense of our own. That's when that was the moment when I was no longer willing to wait, because truthfully, up until this point, I just thought someone else would do it. I thought someone else, um, honestly, like a coach or someone within the NCAA or someone with political power or some other swimmer or someone's dad, quite honestly, would come down there and yank this man out of our locker rooms. But really, I thought to myself, someone who is supposed to be protecting us would protect us. But it was in that moment when I realized it it slapped me across the face. How in the world could we as women, as female athletes, expect someone to stick up for us if we weren't even willing to stick up for ourselves. This has to come from us. Uh, and you asked me kind of what sets me apart. Um, and to your point, I totally think that playing sports gave me the leadership and the confidence and the security. Um, but I think most importantly, as I was raised in a, a household um, where my faith was important, we went to church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Uh, that's what keeps me grounded. That's what propagates me to move forward and allows me to do so with a smile on my face and an incredibly light heart. Because while these things that we're talking about, they seem really grim and they seem very chilling. And from a worldly perspective, of course they are. Um, But the beauty of it is we already know the outcome uh, because the Bible tells us the outcome and we know who wins. Actually, correction, we know who has already won the war. Um, and I have a wonderful family and that's, I think a big piece of it too. I have a mother and a father who love each other very much, uh, which seems to be a rarity. Um, and so I couldn't be more grateful for my foundation in my faith. And of course, um, my family foundation. No, oh, beautiful. Now, is there any more swimming in your future or do you, do you, do you like it enough to stick with it even more or coaching or other things in addition to this new mission? We'll see. Um, I did all of the Olympic stuff in 2016 and 2020, which actually rolled over into 2021 because of COVID. Uh, So we'll see there. Um, I'm going to swim Alcatraz soon. Uh, That's always been something I wanted to do. I think the English channel should be next. So we'll see. 
Um, but in terms of coaching, I am the Special Olympics swim coach of Tennessee, uh, which has always been a passion of mine, is giving back in that way. Uh, I was very involved in college and even before college in Special Olympics. And so uh, certainly something that is fulfilling. It makes me realize how grateful I am to have the opportunities that I had. Um, when you see people like my, my Special Olympics athletes achieving and accomplishing and working hard, uh, it is what fills my cup. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. I, I love that. And, you know, I, I miss the, there's a lot that I miss about the athletic world and, and swimming specifically. I had uh, injured the Eustachian tubes many years ago and I ended up taking up the land activities and I began to do boxing. My wife was kickboxing. I got to keep up with my wife. Right. And then now I'm doing that too. So, but to get in the water, I just saw that Diana Nyad story about the swim to Cuba. I'm like, dude, that, you know, I I was not much for distance. I was more like get in and get out fast, the sprinter side. Me of me. I, my long race was the 200, uh, which you probably whoop my butt nowadays, like how, because I was swimming back in the 80s, just to look at, you know, how old I am. Now, were you swimming yards or meters in, in, in NCAs or was it a mix? Yards. It yards. was yards. Uh, but the Olympic season is, of course, meters. Meters, yeah. Uh, I much prefer yards. Uh, yeah, but I'll me tell too. you, I call myself a swammer now. People yeah. say, oh, well, you're a swimmer. No, I'm a swammer. Let's be very clear here. No one wants to see me swim. I would probably drown. Um, that's where I would be. I'd be at the bottom of the pool nowadays. Oh, my gosh. Now, tell me for the sake of just to make me really feel bad, your fastest 200-yard race, maybe the one against that dude that pretended to be a woman, but whatever. What was your time? Um, I believe my fastest time was 141. And wow. uh, the 200 freestyle, uh, my 200 butterfly, which is what I hold the SEC record in, uh, making me one of the fastest Americans of all time, is a 151. Oh, incredible! Uh, so, I look, I I really proudly finished my career uh, with the accolades and the achievements that I did. Um, some really incredible things that I'll always be proud of. But I know they would not have been possible without Title IX and without the women's sporting category. Um, yeah. To your point, I have a husband. Uh, he swam at University of Kentucky. And look, I, I tell him this all the time in terms of accolades and achievements and national ranking and different things. I was a, a much better swimmer than him. He could kick my butt any day of the week without trying. Yeah, well, I will say that that swimming has gone so far beyond where I was in the 80s that I could not, even in my best day back in, when I was p at my peak, could beat that 141 time. So just to show you how amazing that is. Just and I would not pretend to be a woman just to try and compete. That's just not. not I just never, never had that thought in my, a million years. Like, okay, come back to the absurdity of it all. No, no, because you're not an opportunist, or you're not someone who has been deceived, honestly, and, and lied to, and and had these delusions affirmed. Uh, that's that's what this is. So, is there any like we've got links to your book? Uh, as well, uh, swimming against the tide or against the current in this case, fighting for common sense in a world that's lost its mind. Uh, and that just came out in May. Uh, what's what's coming out in May? It's not yeah, out yet. Yeah. No, crap, it's, it's not out yet. Um, yeah, I have actually, uh, this is really the first time I've, I've talked about this, which is super exciting. Um, I uh, just, again, I never would have <laughs> imagined um, being, look, I'm a Tennessean. I'm from Tennessee graduated college at 21 years old, I never would have imagined that facing what we face and standing up to that 
would have opened these doors and, and led to these opportunities and the impact that's been able to, that we've been able to have since. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, also the vitriol that, that I met with. Um, but yeah, the book was, it was a super fun thing to do. Um, to just kind of really go in depth about a lot of the insanity. Again, uh, the locker room aspect, uh, the silencing that we face, all of the craziness of it. Um, and really why, you know, why is this movement happening? Uh, and what we can do about it as everyday Americans. Dude, I'm so stoked that we're getting to, uh, you know, put this out there for the first time. No yeah. idea. This is breaking news, y'all. <laughs> we pre-order the, that book now. It's going to be great. I can't wait to read it because, you know, my swimming background will kind of bring me back to some of my experiences, uh, you know, just waking up at ridiculous hours of the morning to go swim before people uh, they don't even know anyway uh, you also have another book i have this uh, connection to bravebooks.us and it's called happy no snakes day happy no snakes day and uh, this is is this book already available and tell us a little bit about it this one is uh of course this is a children's book um i partnered with brave books which they're incredible uh if you know, you listeners don't know anything about Brave Books, I encourage you to look them up. Uh, it is a alternative subscription service, an alternative to something like Scholastic, which is, of course, the organization that is putting uh, age-inappropriate books into schools and into libraries. Uh, Brave Books is a, a, a subscription service that teaches pro-God, pro-America, pro-family values. Uh, Each month they have a different author. Uh, I was the author of February. So fun. Happy No Snakes Day is about speaking the truth um, despite being afraid. And of course, this isn't a political or a partisan book. Uh, It's merely a a message that all kids need to hear. Mm -hmm. And by the way, you said that the term age appropriate, I think that's an important distinction to make because a lot of times the mainstream media that seems all about censorship when it comes to health information, they don't want you to know, like as a natural guy, homeopath like I am. But when it comes to not wanting certain books to be available for children before they're of the age to understand what they're reading, we're the censors. That's not censorship. To protect children from things they're not ready for is not censorship. I make that distinction all the time. And yet there are people that just react just so emotionally, they go off the, off the rails, not recognizing that that is different from censorship. If you want to read something that someone else doesn't want to read as an adult, that's your business. But when it comes to the kids, that's a different story. Absolutely. Could not agree more. Um, and again, it's, it's, you have to ask yourself, why do they so desperately want drag queens in the library? Why is this? Why do they want that? Why do they want these men in our locker rooms? Why do they want these books in the schools? Really ask yourself that and and see what you can come to in your own conclusion. I encourage everyone to think for themselves here, um, but it's something that deserves to be thought about. Mm -hmm. Riley, are there any upcoming events you're participating in, speaking engagements, media? I I think we saw you, my wife and I were watching uh, Gutfeld some months ago. You were on that show. That was kind of cool. Yeah, that was fun. It's a um, totally different environment, right? Because I, I feel like for the most part, um, I take my my role in advocacy and activism, honestly, I take it pretty seriously. Um, it, it's objectively funny, almost some of the stuff that we're talking about, because it's like a, a Saturday Night Live skit, or like a Babylon Bee headline, or like mm-hmm. a South Park episode, and you're meant to kind of laugh at those. But again, this is real life. So I take what I do very seriously. Um, but to go on Gutfeld and kind of be able to cut up and laugh and poke fun, I think that. that's what we need to do a better job of. Absolutely. I think we need to m- make a mockery of what is already a mockery 
Um, it's what the left does pretty well, honestly, and I think it's admirable that they do it well. Uh, so I think as Christian conservatives, we can do a better job of, of poking fun a little bit or, or at least being lighthearted in nature and not being so yeah. sensible, maybe. So yeah, cynical. well, I, I think, you know, this is part of what I always say to my wife after each show. Hey, did you laugh at all? And if it's like the answer was no, I'm like, dude, that show must have sucked. I'm so sorry because there are serious issues and we cover them. But I've got to find a way to laugh or else I'll go bonkers, too. You totally. know, so we find our silliness in life in the midst of great absurdity and pointing out that absurdity can be done in fun. I have to give pro props to Gutfeld because he does it as better as well as anybody I've ever seen it on TV uh, in that regard. So it was good to see you on there. I hope they have you back or uh, I, I probably cut in. But is there are there any other events or uh, appearances that you have coming up? Yes. Um, a big push of mine has been to speak on college campuses uh, to, again, engage our youth. Uh, I think oftentimes my generation, Gen Z, being a recent college graduate myself, uh, we're often told, you know, it's your generation that's going to ruin this country or ruin the world, whatever. Um, first and foremost, I, I, uh, I can understand where that conclusion is made, but I don't believe that to be true. Um, I believe it's the generation who came before me who failed mm -hmm. us. That's who failed us, not us. We're actively deceived. Um, how can you fault someone who really doesn't know right from wrong? Um, so engaging the youth, people my age, it's our future that we're left with. So it's up to us to fight. Um, inspiring and equipping and providing resources and support to, to people my age has been a big push of mine. So I'm going to speak at just this week, uh, University of North Carolina, UNC. Then I'm going to University of South Carolina. Then I'm going to Clemson. Uh, last week I was at University of Alabama in Notre Dame. So that's been a big push of mine. I think I'm speaking on 25 or so different college campuses, um, which is a lot, yeah. but it is worth it. It is necessary. And it is urgent that we, we engage these people. What is the environment for free speech? Cause we've seen a lot of woke culture within the gen X, Y's and Z's now. Well, not as much X, but Y's and Z's, so to speak. And you're in that Z with my kids. So uh, how, how, how do they receive you? Did you get a lot of hate there? As you can imagine, uh, definitely. Uh, even at, look, University of Alabama last week, which is a, right, you picture Alabama, you, you picture these big, strong men, manly men. Um, even at Alabama, uh, there are some hecklers and people drawing and chalk and, and name calling and different things. And look, that's at every school, even the Christian universities. Um, but I will tell you, they are just loud. That is all they are. They're just loud. Uh, they don't have the numbers, uh, which is why it's crucial that the silent majority speaks up. Uh, because, look, these academic institutions and universities, especially universities that would once uh, previously have considered themselves prestigious, uh, oh, yeah. it's been super fun to watch the dismantling look at, of look at Harvard fall. higher education. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, these kids are hungry for the truth. They are mm -hmm. desperate for the truth because they are not being told it. Well, Riley, you're supposed to go to to. Um, embrace diverse thought and, and right. have these tough conversations in civil discourse, but that's long gone. Yeah. Well, God bless you, Riley Gaines. I appreciate you so much. You're welcome here anytime. Good luck with the book. And I'm so excited. We got the uh, preview for the first time, swimming against the current, fighting for common sense in a world that's well, lost its mind. I agree. Y'all get it. We got to go. But the bonus round coming up after this, remember on the Robert Scott Bell show, the power to heal is yours. Dude, I, I do not want to swim Alcatraz. 
I'm telling you, shark infested, <laughs> freezing cold water. That's, that's the first thing thing I thought of too. Yeah. I'm like, really? You got oh like shark God. repellent or something to go along with that? I, I, well, you know, in that Diana Nyad story of the woman that, that eventually was able to swim from Cuba to key, the keys, um, they developed apparently an electrical, electrical technology where, you know, they would tra trail before and after, and she would swim within this electrical field that, so it's gotten where you don't have to swim in a shark cage, but I, I would kind of want to do that. But I don't know if that's like a race. Everybody swims hundreds and only some of them survive because the sharks get everybody, the slow ones. I don't know. Sounds yeah. a little intimidating to me, uh, but she was cool. And uh, uh, Dr. Greg Hammer was awesome too. Uh, yes. Great, great show today. Yeah. Uh, and we got a better website. We'll, we'll get the uh, chat room fixed up eventually too. For those of you watching in the social media platforms, uh, we'll see if we can review some of those comments and questions as well. And I don't know what's going on Rumble, if anything, today. And I think we were back on because the last few weeks, uh, the uh, Brideon.tv, they were undergoing a lot of changes. So we weren't doing yes, live shows. Yes, we were. I, so. I, was, I, I was monitoring it as we were okay. on. So they are back in studio. Okay, good. Well, we covered a good show for them. Yes. I'm, I'm shooting Riley a, a quick uh, email here. Okay. Yeah, please do. Yeah, I just, it escaped me that, that her book hadn't come out yet. I was like, oh my gosh, it's pre-ordered. Yeah. Yeah. We cool. were the first, uh, the first uh, show for her to announce it on. Nice. Yeah. All right. So uh, I can talk spring allergies. If you guys want to go further into that, we can talk, uh, I don't know, anything that we went too quickly over. If you want bismuth as a homeopathic remedy, I can go into more of that. I had to, I had to race that one because we had a hard out in getting ready to, you know, since uh, Brideon.tv has a, you know, a very tight clock uh, that I just kind of had to condense it a little bit at the end there. Uh, well, let's take a look here and I don't see anything over on rumble. Okay. Um, let's move up here into, oh, and you know what? I lost a bunch of the stuff that was on. So you'll have to do the, uh, what the restream chat. Cause it what got reset on my end. So I can't see the messages oh, did you have to drop? during the show. <clears throat> something, something tweaked it. So, okay. Let me see. Dun, 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 dun. I know Dawn's there. Hi Dawn. Uh, she's loving Riley Gaines there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Valerie says, you know, we were asking about what is this all about? What motivates it? Uh, you know, as far as this, this ideology of men competing as women to destroy the family unit. Yeah. That's, you know, that's gotta be part of the motivation. Certainly one of the end results. If you do this, um, let's see college kids. She's really going into colleges. I mean, Riley, she's a brave soul. You know, she's like, don't, you can mess with me. You can try, but she's not, she's not running in fear. I appreciate that very much. Yeah. About what she's doing. Uh, let's see. Here's a question just popped in here from Peggy. Mm -hmm. What is the name of the clinic you went to in Mexico? I have a friend that has a mysterious disease that mainstream medical doctors can't diagnose. So I want to let him know places he maybe could go to. All right. It's, I got to go back and, and look at my notes cause I, I didn't commit it to memory. Uh, if we can go back to it and find it, that would be amazing. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was very easy, you know, going across from San Diego to Tijuana and they, you know, if you go there, they'll even send a car for you to cross over and everything. There's like a, a medical day pass or something to get you a faster line. So if you can, we can find it. Also, the monocore, because of this AI interface, it kind of picks up on this stuff. Like you have no idea. Like, holy tamale, it's pretty, pretty brilliant. So I'm learning about that too. Some of you have uh, uh, been working on uh, getting that. Some of you have gotten it already and are getting trained on it. And 
Archer Butcher and her husband Alden. They've helped us since we we just started with it as well. And it's really, it's so much simpler than most of these machines I've seen over the years. Very pleased that we can do that. So let's see. Are you searching for that to find possibly that place I went to in Tijuana with yes. my wife? Yes. Let's see here. Da, 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 da. I'll find it. Okay. I'm trying to search on the new website, but I'm not sure how. I'm learning yeah. how our new website works. Right. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Yeah, carry on. I'll, I'll see, let's see if I can find it. Okay. I'm looking for some other uh, questions and things I thought were coming through. I can respond to. Bear with me. Uh, let's see. Also in... Just reading. Sorry, y'all. But again, it's bonus round. So that was a question about the name of the clinic. But yeah, the monocore is something I'm really excited about. Boy, oh boy, am I excited about. Um, Super D, I know as you look, I'm asking a question of you. But um, I think we connected with a, with a guy who provides kind of financing money reasonably uh, to get things like this. Yes. For those that don't have the wherewithal, the means or the, to pool together or whatever. And I don't know. If you, I remember we were going to connect something to them. I don't know. That's probably on the to-do list. Okay. Is it? Do you remember that at all? I forwarded no. it to you. No. Kind of. Yes. We discussed okay. it, I think, over the weekend briefly. Yeah. You have been busy this weekend, though, doing all kinds of stuff. So, uh, Also, we confirmed in terms of upcoming events. And the upcoming events tab is really easier to, to navigate now. Uh, hope, hopefully everybody enjoyed the Health Freedom Expo virtual over the weekend. Uh, and, of course, the health, uh, Autism Health Summit is still up there. We'll eventually hopefully get I, – I don't know if – did I send you – I think I did. I sent you the link to the talks on Saturday when I spoke at that event to be able to, to take that and so we can put it up for our Patreon supporters. This is the – you're talking about the um... – the Autism, Autism Health, Health Summit. Summit? Yes, right. I have. Okay. Thank you for reminding me. I believe I isolated okay. your talk. Let's see here. Yes, I did. Okay. I just so, need to edit it, uh, right, and I will we'll, upload it to see, Patreon. The, is that what you yes, want to do? Th okay. That's one of the things we want to say is a special thank you to those that, that go up and above and beyond to actually support us, even as little as five bucks a month. It, it makes a huge difference. Like, we couldn't have done this website update without you. And uh, you can, yes, of course, like Bill did, you can donate separate from that. And I apologize, Bill, for not getting back to you yet and saying thank you. But, yes, you, you definitely helped us do that. But to give you extra stuff like – the lectures that, you know, not necessarily open to the public, or you might've had to spend, I don't know, 150, 250 or more bucks to be at an event. And if we can make the talk available for a pittance, you know, through our patrons uh, support team, that's what we want to do. So just giving you more incentive to hopefully plug in and learn some things uh, that way. Uh, so um, we did confirm, I will be at the anecdotal screening. We had uh, uh, Jen Sharp on, I think on Friday's show, and anecdotals of screening thanks to Children's Health Defense. You know, I did manage to get that into the upcoming events uh, page I over at the new at website. It now. It's yeah. impressive. It looks great. Yeah. Yeah. So the the they're showing it in Tucson, Sunday, February 25th, 3.30 to 7 in the afternoon. I won't be at that one. That's at Grace Street uh, uh, 
uh, Grace, I, I want to say Street, Grace St. Paul's Episcopal Church. But the one in Phoenix, which is Chandler, Arizona, is Tuesday, February 27th from 4 to 7.30 at Faith Family Church in Chandler. And I will be at that event. In fact, I'll be broadcasting live that day from the event site, the church. And, and just so you can see that there, if you guys are in the Phoenix area or know anybody is or Tucson, I will be at the Phoenix event on the 27th. And then I'll be at Sonoran University the next day talking with students about uh, silver and copper and things like that. Uh, so uh, love to see you. And the, and the event that Children Health, Health Defense is hosting is the anecdotal film um, screening and a, and a discussion presentation as well. And then we have the World Wellness Weekend, March 7th through 10th, technically, but 8th through 10th for sure, in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Doctors Terry and Stu Warner hosting that. I'll be emceeing and speaking at that event. That's going to be in Atlanta area. And there you go. They've got uh, Peter McCullough, Judy Mikovits, and more. That's going to be amazing. So if you're in the Atlanta area, come and see me. Then we have the Next Steps Health Freedom and Wellness Fair, the 14th through the 17th. I'm scheduled to speak on the 14th if you want to get there on uh, not Thursday. Otherwise, you might miss me. That's at the Lake Lanier Islands Resort, Buford, Georgia, just north of Atlanta. Then we have the Be Healthy Utah event. Uh, that's uh, 2024 uh, in uh, April 19th through 20th at Sandy, Utah. It's a suburb of Salt Lake, and it's a great two-day conference. I'll be speaking and broadcasting from there. Then we have the RSB Show Family Reunion. Thanks to Leslie and family. And that's Joplin, Missouri on the homestead. And that's the uh, 14th through 16th. And there'll be more that we're going to add to the upcoming events tab, including, yes, there it is, the Health Freedom Expo. It's moving from October to September. The last weekend in September, Indianapolis, Indiana. And there's the Trinity Live just before it. So uh, for those of you that wouldn't go because it was the Chicago area, you don't have to fly into a Chicago airport. That's better. Indianapolis, way easy. And it's a shuttle to the airport and everything. So it's a lot more convenient. So that's coming up in end of September. Again, there's more that we'll be adding to the mix. But Thanks for getting that anecdotal screening up there so fast. And by the way, if you come to the Atlanta events, you'll get to meet my mom. Yay! And uh, if you want to dance or learn how to dance at 90, uh, remember, I think one of the most significant things, I don't it, I don't even think I know it is because it was like the thing that we added into the mix the uh, in December of 2022 when she was just not great shape. Energy was fading, all of that. And in two weeks on the Folium products, the Folium PX to start. She got her energy back. She was sleeping better in two weeks. More people are talking about that. They get on this in two weeks later, they're telling me great stuff. I'm, and I uh, love featuring that. If you want a question, have a question, reach out to Bobri Oren. He's uh, info at foliumpx.com, info at foliumpx.com. You can ask him questions. He's such, he's a kind man. He's really passionate and he's mission oriented, mission driven to help people. And this stuff is like, if you don't know, what to do. You've hit a ceiling in your healing. The Folium products are that amazing. Folium Immuno, Folium Relax as well, a three-pronged approach to get well when nothing else is hitting it where you think there's just something I'm missing. You're probably missing Folium PX. FoliumPX.com and uh, plug in, get a discount. Mention the Robert Scott Bell Show. Use RSP10 or whatever you need to do, but talk to Bobbery. He'll help you out. So anyway, thanks, Bobbery. Appreciate you. So uh, what else we got? Questions, comments. Did you find the name of the clinic? Is I'm having trouble finding it. Do you remember when it was that you went? <sighs> I think it was. <laughs> this is one this... of those things where it's like I, I assumed I could just pull it up in like a second. Mm. And it's like I'm everything I search, I'm searching Mexico, Tijuana. Because it was Tijuana, wasn't it? Yes. 
Yeah. Was I'm, it, I'm was getting it, nothing. Um, early December 2022 is my guess. Okay. My first memory of it. So I'm going to go to the calendar here and let's see. Okay. What it, early December of 2022? Mm-hmm. It was that long ago? Yeah, I think so. Oh. Gosh, it doesn't seem like it was that long uh, well, ago. Well, time is flying. It is flying. No way. All right. Uh, 2022. You said early 2022? No, December. Early December. December of 2022. Months. Yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. Yeah. Um, let's see here. We did it on now. Yeah, I'm just going to have to keep looking. It was December, though, of 2022. That, that's my memory of it, unless my wife tells me she's got a better handle on it. Uh, but it's, uh, I'm sure it's there somewhere, but where, why is it? Because remember, we were down in San Diego, and I think I broadcasted from Allison's place, who's our super fan. She's super supporter. And, you know, we did a um, a show. I don't know if Michael Bull, he did come down and visit, but I don't think he came down in time to do the show live. Are you so, sure it was 2022? I think so. Unless it was January of 2023. God, that sounds like so long ago. I know. We're in 2024. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll continue to look. I'm surprised somebody in the ch chat room doesn't have the answer to that. Where's mm -hmm. Steven? Come on. You know everything. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Well. When did we Sorry. do that? Yes. My honey's listening. I think she'll she'll reach out and go, oh, it was here. And then she'll look at the calendar maybe and figure okay. it out. All right. So hopefully we'll find that out. All right. So what else we got going on this week? I'm going to look at my calendar now and see. All right. Well, let me get back. To oh, I've got a Trinity board meeting tomorrow morning. Trinity School of Natural Health, and you guys are like all of you that are Trinity graduates. James Berry from them. Pluck is going to yeah. be on tomorrow. Mm -hmm. uh, Lindsey Graham, the Patriot Barbie, will be on in the second hour. Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff Kontz, Daria Kontz, uh, will be on first hour Wednesday. Uh, Ty is still not available. He won't be available until next week. Okay. He's busy. Right. Uh, let's see here. We got Emord on Thursday, along with Emmy Robin, who's the doula that you had to uh, re. Yeah, she's a, it featured in the film Protocol Seven, a new film with uh, and Alfonso Monzo. I, you know, yeah. is that his real name? I believe so. Yeah. Alfonso, yeah. how do you pull that off? We'll ask him. His parents He's were a cool. smart dude. Alfonso Monzo. I like that. That's good. All right. So uh, my wife says that we were in that area December 16th through 22nd of 2022. So it wasn't early December. It was mid-December. So right before the Christmas holidays. So 16th to the 22nd, somewhere in that realm, we did a live broadcast from there. So you had so, a travel day on the 16th. Yeah. But believe it or not, there is nothing on the calendar about that show. That's weird. It's just it's just seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteenth, twentieth. There's we were we were live, so if you go to the website yeah. on one of those days, yeah, uh, it should be there with everything because we were live from that uh, um, medical facility. And I've got to go to a special website now that's an archive of the old website. 
Wow. In, in order to find that. So bear with me for just a second. Okay. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, Mercedes, Dr. Jimenez has another clinic as well. Uh, I believe they still have one in Tijuana, if I'm not mistaken, but I think their main focus is Cancun, uh, that area uh, for for uh, Dr. H uh, H Tony Jimenez. So that's an option for Peggy, who's asking about a, a clinic in Mexico in case you want another option. And that's the Hope for Cancer Clinic or Hope for Cancer Clinics. Uh, and that's a, another viable option, Peggy. I haven't, I've yet to visit his clinics that would be a nice trip to take and, and uh, broadcast live from there. And he's also one of the Gonzalez guardians doing a lot of the protocols also that Nick Gonzalez helped to develop. Uh, so if you're dealing with uh, mysterious diseases, it might be a way to go. All right. I think I found it. It All looks right. like it was Veritalife Alternative Cancer Treatments. That's it. Yeah. Can you copy the, the link to that page that you're on? So, um, we can drop it into the chat room there for Facebook that where Mercedes is. Or is it who was asking it? Was it, oh, it was Peggy. That was Peggy asking for it. All right, copying link. And I'm going to drop it in, pasting it now, see if that comes up. There it is. So if you're still watching, Peggy, in the Facebook chat room, I've just dropped the, the link to the shows, uh, that show when we broadcast live with all the links to that clinic. So hopefully that's helpful for you. There it is. Ah, oh, cool. You got it up there. Verita Life. Verita Life. Do you have that direct link? I can drop it in as well to the what that website, that page it, you've got right now. It is veritalifemexico.com. I'll drop it in the chat. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, too many windows. <laughs> Jeez, there we go. Okay. There you go. 15 minutes later. Yeah. Well, that was a hey, tough that was a, one. That was Boy. a good one, a tough one. Yeah, we found yeah. it, though. Good job. Well, thanks to my honey figuring out That's how right. close. We had to narrow right. down the dates. I was thinking early December, but it's mid-December. So, anyway, that was great. All right, so what do you think, uh, Dr. Greg Hammer? Pretty cool. Yeah. Interesting discussions. He's got a heck of a name. I wonder, uh, just Hammer. Uh, I wonder how he did in school with that. Uh, did he play football or something? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? I see his name, and I was, as I kept I kept fluctuating be between wanting to call him Greg the Hammer Valentine. Anybody who's watched classic wrestling mm -hmm. knows Greg the Hammer Valentine was a, was a, a fairly popular uh, wrestler back in the 80s. Wow, maybe even the seventies. I'm not sure, but uh, and then and then I was thinking of the guy that that played. Uh, it was in one of the Iron Man movies, mm -hmm. and he was the the guy that had the the uh, arms uh, company that built missiles and guns and stuff like oh, that. Oh yes, an Iron and Man. He, they had, he yeah. was yeah. He was the guy that that was trying to outdo. Um, mm -hmm. What was his name in the in the I'm drawing a blank right now. Tony Stark. Tony Stark, yes. Yeah, but his name was Justin Hammer. It wasn't huh. Greg Hammer. Anyway, dumb. Anyway, <laughs> people are like, so what? Movie trivia. I don't know. I'm hungry. We made, huh? uh, we made, a, actually, you know, I, I joked earlier about uh, uh, medical food, why, you know, that it would be much cheaper to eat mm -hmm. organic homemade chicken noodle soup. 
That's right. what we, we made yesterday. Oh, I bet that was good. Every huh? every weekend we make a soup. This is the second time doing it. My wife's like, so what soup do you want this weekend? I'm like, um. Have and, you, and, have you uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead. I'm just thinking of okay. the mayo, mayonnaise recipe. Have Not you yet, no. Perfected it yet? No. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't get a chance right. to work on mayonnaise. How is the chicken weekend? soup? Now I want to know. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh -huh. And and uh, there's a product out there. It's called Better Than Bouillon. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely better than bouillon. I think we've had that product before, too. And they make an organic uh, mm -hmm. uh, a version. And, yes. and there you can get like, there's only four of all the ones they have. Four of them are organic. Mm -hmm. There's a chicken, a beef, a vegetable, and a mushroom. I've got three of those. The mushroom is on the way. Oh but, yeah. Oh, it's it's just like you know she she made the soup and I'm like okay I'm gonna go get the better the bouillon. Nice. And it, it put a big old scoop. In fact, I think I used what was left in the in the jar mm -hmm. and you stir that in. And it's made with actual like roasted chicken. Yeah. And it's just a flavor. You know. Oh. <laughs> I get. Oh man. I'm dying. I, I'm like I'm like. Are, are we done with the show yet? Are we done with I, the show can yet? I can I eat it? Uh, yeah. 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 I just got the pluck in the various versions. They got three. I, I think, saw that. Yeah, the pluck. So uh, we got picture of that or not handy. Uh, give me just a second here. Okay. Ooh, speaking of that, you know they add the 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 uh, Redmond salt with the various uh, freeze dried mm -hmm. kind of uh, desiccated organ meats, you know, if you will, from grass fed animals. So it gives yeah. you real food based minerals and. Um, really tasty as well. And so if you're off put by it, you won't be, it'll taste good. It'll add nice flavor to things and it's a good, clean product. There it is. So we got the three varieties, spicy, zesty garlic, and original. I've got the original. I haven't tried mm -hmm. the spicy or the zesty garlic. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of this, I'm going to plant this seed. We, you remember the, um, upcoming event, be healthy, Utah. Yeah. I talked with Leanna Werner Gray and she's coming in for that event and she's going to be speaking and she's connected to our friends at Redmond Salt too. Mm -hmm. And so it's not normally open to the public and it isn't, but the Redmond Salt Mines, I think I've sent pictures years ago. It was uh, a while ago. It was like 500 feet below the surface you go down, maybe mm -hmm. further now because it's years later. Uh, but we have an opportunity to offer a few select listeners Maybe we'll we'll try it from our Patreon group first, and if we don't get takers, that could come with us on a tour of the Redmond Salt Mines, and the date will be April 17th, a Wednesday. Cool. Yeah. So if you are one of the super supporters of the Robert Scott Bell Show and will be in that area, uh, might be able to get you into a special tour that's not typically open to the public. So I'm just throwing it out there, planting a seed. If anybody goes, oh, my gosh, that would be amazing. Reach out, become a patron if you aren't already, and I'll I'll make that available for a few select uh, volunteers who volunteers first that wants to do that, and we'll we'll revisit it as we get closer. But I have to put the date out there, or else I'm going to forget it. Because that April seventeenth, I think, is a Wednesday. We might have to do an encore or an early record or something because it'll be a field trip day. Okay, yeah, well, just let me know. The Redmond Real Salt, I am a huge fan of. Mm -hmm. I never tried it before. I know you had talked about it, and I was just like, you know what? I, since we're you know we're cleaning up our act around here, mm -hmm. uh, I was like, well, I'm just going to get it. I was getting, you know, I was using sea salt and stuff, which I I changed out, you know, our our other salt with. 
Mm-hmm. But I was like, I'm just going to try this Redmond because I've never tried it before. And man, I'm never going back. Mm-hmm. I'm never going back because not only is it, is it good for you, right? Uh, but it has a flavor that salt does not have. Just regular old salt does not have the same type of, of flavor mm-hmm. as Redmond real salt does. Yeah. You're, you're, you're glitching for some reasons. Are you okay over there? Uh, I don't notice anything. It says I'm all green, so I don't know what's your, happening. Your your uh, your camera froze up. But anyway, right. the Redmond Real Salt is amazing. The flavor that it adds to the food that you put it in, more than yeah. just a salty flavor. It's got an actual like real flavor. Have you noticed that? Yeah, of course. Okay, so, you weren't uh, saying yeah. anything. I thought maybe I, a, I was introducing you to Redmond Real Salt no, for the first I, time. I, I'm getting uh, messages on different bills and things that are impactful, and sometimes that happens in bonus rounds. Sometimes it happens while I'm oh, on the okay. show. <laughs> I mean, quite honestly, y'all, there have been, and Super Don, you and I talked about it uh, earlier. Um, you know, the last few weeks, there have been so much going on behind the scenes where I'm getting, you know, texts during the show where I'm, like, having to respond immediately. Mm-hmm. And if you ever seen me where I'm, like, I'm trying to pay attention to the the, the guest, and I'm also – Sometimes it is at the beginning of the show where I'll I'll like put it out on social media because we don't have you know full on social media support like that. But during we the will show, soon. Like, yeah. Okay. So during the show, sometimes it was been it's been crazy, and uh, try not to be distracted. But sometimes you it's just like that in radio where you have to multitask, and we're, our backstory is we radio. can get away with it in radio though. exactly. And I forget because right? that's what I kind of miss those days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know in radio it's like you 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 can do stuff behind the scenes nobody sees it but oh yeah uh, now we're a video show it having a bad a hair day nobody cares you're on radio right right, right. exactly yeah. yeah it's much more forgiving back in those mm-hmm. days yeah now we got to be on camera mm. <sighs> all right so we got to get our chat room back up to our website. Yeah, I'm going to get in touch with Geege, and it, it should be fairly simple for him to do. I, I figured out how to do it, so if I can do it, I know he can. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will work on that today. And I'm, uh, um, like I said, I'm in training to do 58 burpees in a row on Friday. And I did it last year. I was, I was actually at the Next Steps conference in Atlanta or at Lake Lanier. And I think the elevation was like a thousand feet from sea level. Mm-hmm. I'm used to operating at 4,600 feet or so. Uh, so I'm going to do it at elevation. I don't know if I'll do as well, but after today with 77 squats with dumbbells at 15 pounds each doing that thing in three minutes, I'm hoping that my quadriceps recover by Friday. Yeah, I was going to say, you've got, yeah. you've got a few days. Yeah. I'm going to go light on the legs the rest of the week if I can. Yeah. Um, somebody was asking, where's the video of you doing roundhouse kicks? I'll have to see about getting those next time. Okay. I, I didn't know. You know, it's like sometimes the trainer, she's just like, I'm going to take video while you guys are doing your thing. And that's what she did. That's how I got that this time. Okay. Um, but, um, you know, anyway, so if I'll, I'll see a special request to get roundhouse kicks. Uh, so how, how did you, how did you like the, uh, the training montage? Dude. That you're ridiculous. Wasn't that, wasn't that <laughs> How good? did you do that? I figured. I thought you might like that. How did you? I'm like that was hilarious. <laughs> how? How? I just don't know how. It was just an inspiration. Oh, by the way, shout out to our friend Murdoch, who we haven't seen or heard from much lately. Yes, his birthday is today. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to Murdoch. Yeah, where has he been? Probably on the road driving. I don't know. He's a busy guy. We don't, 
We don't hear from him a lot. He's a great guy. Happy yep. birthday. So uh, anything else, anyone else, anything else? Leslie says happy birthday to Murdoch. Yes, Leslie knows him. So, By the way, Leslie's got a new uh, episode that I'm going to try and get out later on this evening of mm -hmm. uh, stay-at-home mom. Yeah. Uh, this evening or tomorrow. Did she do a video version of it? I don't know if it's a video. I don't I don't she said to video. me that she was doing a video version of one of her podcasts. She did do one. Uh, the last one uh, yeah. was was a cut. Well, it was also on audio. Okay, but uh, there was also a video version of it out there somewhere. Well, where would it go as a video? I don't know. I don't know. Her YouTube channel, maybe. Oh, she has She's a co she has a co-host on on some of these now. Okay, and so I think that maybe the co-host had a. a I don't have to ask her. Okay. I'm sure she'll say so the video is only once a month. I'm reading once a month. There you go. Mm. Um, yeah. So this one would just be audio then. Okay. So yeah, I'm ready to go eat some chicken noodle soup. All right. Yeah. You're making me hungry for that too. Let me know everybody what you think of the updated website. Uh, if there are other suggestions you have for it, I think overall it's way better. Uh, there might be some tweaks that we need to go through and uh, we'll be back tomorrow. God willing, less than 22 hours from now. Hope you enjoyed Riley Gaines. She's a bright light. And uh, Dr. Greg Hammer was cool. We had a good spirited discussion together. I thought that was great. And uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow. It should be cool. All right. Have a good afternoon. We'll see you tomorrow.